Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin. I'm joined by my good friend, and if the pictures on Twitter are to be believed, the newest honorary member of Queen's Quest, Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how the devil are you today? I'm fantastic, my friend. That was, uh, you always do A-plus intros, but now I'm extremely flattered um because you gave me two compliments there uh, i don't know what i'm more more excited about the fact that i'm the newest honorary member of queen's quest or that uh i am your very dear good friend so uh obviously brother <laughs> appreciate it always great talking to you about our favorite subject that is stardom super excited for today's show we have a lot of material to cover obviously the meat of the show the main event of the show we'll be talking about this fantastic uh, five-star grand prix that we have coming up this weekend before we get into that, I just want to talk about two non-related starter items real quick to start off the show. First and foremost, the biggest congratulations to uh, my sweetheart of a wife, Amber, taking third place in this year's uh, annual county fair for apple pie baking. Uh, my wife not only is an absolute saint of a person, which you will hear when we get to the uh, GCW show in NY in New York City, <laughs> but is also a fantastic baker and cook as well. And I may be a little bit biased, Rob. Um, She was very excited that she took third place. I thought she should have taken first. And I may or may not have caught a small pro pro wrestling style promo at the judges on our way out. But uh, (laughs) needless to say, when we walked into the uh, building where they did the judges and she saw her third place ribbon, she beamed with so much pride. And I'm so happy and proud of her. Um, 
Now, Rob, the complete the other thing I want to talk about, non-starting related, the complete opposite of winning an apple pie baking contest is uh, I want to wish good luck to my friend Brett Pastor. Who, uh, Brett is over in Thailand, and this weekend, actually Friday, as this episode drops, he will be making his uh, debut for the very popular One FC Fighting Championship company. Um, Brett, I met Brett um, a couple months ago at one of the catch wrestling camps that I do. We became fast friends because of our love for pro wrestling. Brett is uh, elite of elite of a grappler and a fighter. I mean, you wouldn't be fighting for one of the biggest MMA companies in the world, like One FC, if you didn't. So we became uh, Facebook friends, and Brett actually uh, did what, you know, the thing that I really love when people go and bet on themselves, and he quit his uh, very cushy uh, teaching job to try and make it as a full-time MMA fighter. He's been living over in Thailand for the last five or six weeks, and actually about a week or so ago, he had his first uh, full-fledged Muay Thai kickboxing match, and he knocked the dude out in like two minutes. So uh, I know he's going to do well, and that's awesome that he's over there and he's taking a chance and betting on himself and living his dream. And, uh, yeah, super excited to see what he does over there in 1FC. So, yes, those are the two non-related stardom items that I just kind of wanted to shout out before we get this fantastic show on the road, good sir. I mean, there's a couple of things I feel like I need to uh, I need to get out of the way here. One FC, I've seen a couple of shows of One FC, and it is just terrifying, absolutely terrifying. So, uh, the best of luck to your good friend. Um, and secondly, and most importantly, you often say that I will occasionally come out with things that are quintessentially British that uh, that just make everyone realise that I am an Englishman. Matt Turner in the almost two years of doing this podcast i don't think you have ever said anything that is more american than an american um apple pie baking contest if anything screams america it is that keep in mind too that i believe uh, uh about a week or so ago we did celebrate the fourth of july so Amber uh, painted her toenails red, white, and blue. So there's a good chance that uh, <laughs> that during this competition that her toenails were still red, white, and blue. So, yes, I love all countries, but obviously, you know, uh, we live in a great land over here in the good old U.S. of A. there, sir. I'm a big fan of how as well you weren't content with third and you went off on who are presumably just really nice members of of the community and you're there going full stone cold Steve Austin on uh, on these poor people who's there who are there just to have a good time to judge and eat the pie and suddenly this absolute behemoth of a man comes barging in and saying I've heard that you've awarded my wife third third in this absolute sham of an apple pie baking contest what do you and then you're flipping tables you hit stunners <laughs> Hazuki style brain busters through tables. Firing up. Fire exactly. Exactly. The straps are coming down. Um I mean, I think you just need to calm yourself down, to be perfectly honest, brother. No, like I said, we walked in. It was funny because we were last year she didn't place at all. She's like, if you want to throw a chair, you throw a chair. I was like, you got it, honey. <laughs> this poor lady that's probably close to 80 years old. I am, I am a big fan. Big fan of how your wife is instigating you to throw the chair. So we uh, we left to go to the fair and we're walking up to the, uh, like it's almost a giant, huge garage. 
that uh, that's where they do the judging. And I'm kind of like cutting a promo in your ear as we're walking. And uh, I was like, you know, if you want me to, I have uh, for, for work. I said, I keep chains in my car. I can put a chain around my fist, all of Shane Douglas, you know what I mean? And just <laughs> pop somebody if you need to. And then literally as soon as you walked in, there was the ribbon. She saw, she knew it was hers, giant, huge thing, third place. And she beamed up with, with pride. So I was, I was happy, but I figured, you know, I got to get some of the, I got to get a little bit of a, it, you know, just, just as a joke. And I kind of cut, it wasn't a skating promo. It was something kind of, kind of funny. And then, you know, popped her, we walked out. But then uh, as we got in the car on the, the five minute ride home, I did make sure we did play. We are the champions by Queens on the way home, full blast with the windows down. So she really, she really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and rightly so. So uh, a big stardom cast. Well done to Amber. Um, now my, a big, question obviously a big portion of today is uh, you met a special someone um this weekend you had a little journey down into uh nyc and uh by all accounts matt had an absolutely amazing time so uh, without further ado um why don't you give everyone uh, the rundown of yours and amber's uh trip down into new york and you seeing in the flesh for the first time utami hayashishta yeah, so this is obviously when we do this podcast, sometimes it turns into the Saida Appreciation Podcast. This is going to be pretty much the appreciation of my wife, Amber, podcast. Um, I'm going to go into some of the details here. And Rob, if you have any questions, you want to add anything, by all means, brother, cut me off. So, um, so yeah, a couple of weeks ago, they announced Game Changer Wrestling. GCW announced that Utami was going to be doing some select dates in the U.S. on the East Coast. I looked at the three dates that she was doing. I thought, okay, the New York City show would probably be my best option to go. But I was curious to see if they were doing a meet and greet. Um, because last fall they did, uh, they had um, New York City did bring in, not New York City, but they did do uh, some stardom wrestlers on the uh, Rumble on 44th Street for New Japan. And they did not do a meet and greet. So I was like, well, you know, I'm probably going to go regardless. But if it's a meet and greet, I will get tickets ASAP. So I retweeted uh, GCW's tweet. And I just asked, hey, does anybody know if they're doing a meet and greet? About five minutes later, the Game Changer Wrestling official uh, Twitter account said yes for all three shows. I'm like, okay, I am in. I'm getting tickets right now. Now, Rob, I, I know you've been to New York City a time or two, I believe, correct? I have indeed, yes. Have you ever driven? Now, I believe that um, in England and the States, we drive on opposite sides of the road, correct? We do, yes, we do. Okay, so I'm assuming I know this answer. Have you ever driven in New York City before? I haven't. My friend has when we went for his stag do, and he was, uh, I have never seen a man more scared than uh, than he was at that point. Now, I've driven in New York. Now, obviously, I go to New York Comic Con uh, every year in New York, and I always drive, and I've driven a handful of times before, so maybe about two dozen times. And I will say this, I, I have no problem driving in New York City as long as I have somebody riding shotgun in the passenger seat to kind of assist me a little. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the New York City show. I'm going to get two tickets. I'm going to get two, two tickets right away because whoever goes with, I need whoever to go with me to just ride shotgun and just kind of ease me through the crazy New York City traffic. So I go on the, uh, the site to get the tickets and every section is sold out except for general admission, standing room only. And I believe like third row. And there was like a $30, $35 difference in between the two. And I was like, ah, I'll just get the general admission standing room only tickets. Right. Cause I figured you'll save myself $60, $70, no problem. 
Now, Rob, for you and the fantastic listeners at home, remember what I just said. I got standing room only tickets. Going to come back to that in a minute or two. (laughs) Obviously, I would want my wife to go, right? Nobody else I'd rather go than my wife. Obviously, I don't know how much wrestling she can stomach, especially now if I'm watching it on the TV, she can go to the other room or whatnot, right? So, but uh, obviously there would be nowhere to go. But so I kind of figured, I said, well, hey, if you want to come with me, I'd rather you go than somebody else. If you don't want to go, let me know. So I have time to ask, you know, one of my other uh, buddies. But if you're going to go, let's make it like we did. We went to the New Japan show. We'll get a hotel room. You can go show whatever else you want to do outside of the show. That's on you. I said, you know, we'll get a nice hotel room, New York City. You want to go shopping, anything you want to do outside of these designated times. She's like, that sounds great. Let's do that. So about a day or two passes, Rob, she goes and gets the hotel room and then texts me. And she goes, got the hotel room. No problem. The only problem it's in Queens, which in Queens compared to like New York City proper, Rob, there is literally next to nothing to do. As you know, in New York City, every five feet, there's a shop or a diner or famous this or that or anything to do. Sure. But in Queens, compared to Queens, there's next to nothing to do. So I was like, well, you know, so, you know, now I feel terrible. I was like, okay, you know, well, I was like, well, we, we gotta figure, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. So we get into uh, the the main part of driving to uh, New York. New York City is only about an hour and a half away from my house, right? It's pretty close. So I forget that when it comes to sudden starts and stops in a car, my wife gets car sick. I don't mean like vomiting. I mean like a headache to the point where she's got to close her eyes. Now, when you drive into Queens, it's like the furthest part in New York City. So it's longer. And it got to a point where she was, my poor wife was getting very aggravated and she really couldn't keep her eyes open. And, but again, I need her to kind of guide me through. We get to our hotel room, no problem. But when we drove, we drove there again, there's next to nothing to do. So now I'm like, oh, now I'm 0 for 2. I promised her this nice New York City thing. There's literally next to nothing to do in Queens. And now she's got a headache. We get into the hotel. I'm not going to bury the hotel. I'm not going to say who it was, but let's just say the people working the front counter, they could work on their customer service skills. Just a little bit, I'm just saying. We get to the room. The hotel room was about the size of our bedroom, and it's not the cleanest. So now I'm like, oh, boy. Like, now I'm Jesus, really, you are. Rob, yeah, Jesus. yeah, Robin, you know. You're you swimming know against me. the tide here, brother. <laughs> yeah, and you know me. I'm just happy to be here. I know there's running water. I'm meeting you, Tommy. I, you know, I, I woke up on the right side of bed. My, my uh, heart's pumping blood. I'm good to go. Does not take much to make me happy, folks. But here's my poor wife, right? And, and I'm very good, Rob, at reading a room and reading people's facial expressions. And my wife, dear wife, who we've been married over 11 years, God bless her heart, is not saying a word. But I can see on her face she's very aggravated to the point. And Rob, you know this. My wife is not much of a drinker. She'll have a wine every now and again or a Captain and Coke. But I think I've seen my wife drunk like twice in the near 14 years that we've been together. So we get to the hotel room. We're relaxing a little bit. She's like, you're going to take me out for an adult drink. And I was like, absolutely, sweetheart, whatever you want. So about two or three blocks away, we find a place that serves burgers, and she wants a uh, Sam Adams beer. Sam Adams is a very proper, uh, uh, popular brewery that's based out of Boston. You know what else is based out of Boston, Rob? John Cena and our and our good friend Scotty Wrestling. So Scott, there is your re- there's one of, one of what maybe a few references for you today, brother. And I lumped you in with one John Cena. So and I there and um, so 
We get there and she drinks the beer down pretty fast, pretty fast for her to the point where I literally text you. I just watched my wife drink an entire beer. Now there's times to times that she'll have a sip of my beer or she'll order a beer for at dinner, but she never finishes it. Again, I've been with my wife almost 14 years total. I think I've seen her actually finish a full beer, maybe five or six times. This is one of the times so I was like, oh boy, hopefully that at least take the edge off. So we go back to the hotel room. She starts getting ready. And my wife likes to get dolled up for everything, making sure her shoes match, her hair. Now we're going to a professional wrestling show, not, you know, a, a, a gala or a ball. But regardless, God bless her. That's what she wanted to do. So, and I did make, now on the tickets, Rob, it said the show's 8 to 11. Knowing that, knowing that the doors will probably open around 7, that's where they do the meet and greet. Again, the main reasons why I am in New York City, hotel room, the whole nine, is the meet and greet in Utami. If they didn't have that, I, we would have been home. Would have not have gone to New York City, right? That's the, the whole crux of everything. So I did tell my wife, I said, I would like to. Now, our hotel room, Rob, is about four blocks away from the venue. So she, home run, as there is always, very close walk. So I told her I'd like to leave the hotel room around six so we can wait in line because I'm assuming they're doing the meet and greet as soon as the doors open. And I don't, I do not want to miss this or else it's all for not. Okay. No problem. She's got her hair done, makeup looking fantastic as always. Rob, we get to the uh, venue a little bit after six. Guess what happens? Go on. Starts raining. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And again, I'm all sorts of smiles, right? And I'm like, now, and now I have to be extra positive. Again, God bless her heart. Not saying a word, but it's written all over her face. Like, oh, oh my, like this, like you owe me big, buddy. You owe me big, right? So, and it starts raining. You're pretty good. And she's like, it's going to mess up my hair, this, that, and the other thing. I was like, okay. I was like, I, we don't bring an umbrella. I'm trying to put my arms over her. The only thing I have is my book bag that I have all my material for you, Tommy, to sign. So... <laughs> They uh, the, and the people at GCW were fantastic. They came in. They're just they, they, you know, hey, we know it's raining. We're gonna let you in about ten or fifteen minutes earlier than normal. I was like, okay, that's nice. So Amber goes, well, that's a really good thing. Hey, by the way, where are our seats? <gasps> oh no, <laughs> man! Rob, I know I that this has already <laughs> happened, and I'm nervous for you. So I was like, oh my god, and I was like. Well, at this point, I may as well just bite the bullet, right? Because I completely forgot to tell her that I didn't get seats. I got standing room only. So I was like, they're standing. She's like, there's no way. It's... I said, yeah. So I showed her to take a standing room only. Again, looks at me, doesn't say a word. We get to the front of the line and security is there to check your bags, make sure you don't have anything. And rightfully so. Now, my wife just had her purse. So she was in and out of that line quick. I had that giant book bag. Again, you saw all the stuff that I got signed. By the way, the uh, for our iwgp tier and higher you will i we did a little we just filmed it yesterday there's a little show and tell before the hazuki mayu um alternate commentary where i show everything that i got signed so if you're on if you want to see what i got we did a, i did a little show and tell so you, you'll get that um on tuesday next tuesday or this tuesday um so soon as so sh- um the guy goes for my book bag again it was about a minute or two longer than amber's so by this point, Amber's already into the building, the Melrose Ballroom, which is beautiful. I've never been there before. Beautiful, gorgeous venue. As soon as I walk in, she goes, there's you, Tommy, right there. Right, the whole crux why we're there. And she's pointing, and I'm like, where? She's like, she's by ringside. And she's pointing what I thought was to this girl with long red hair. I'm like, well, you, Tommy's had like the short black and red hair for a while. 
But if you remember at last year's five star, she had, I guess, the hair extensions or whatever. I don't know how it works. And had a little more red in her hair. And I thought, well, maybe she got a new hairdo getting ready for the five star coming up next week. And then I look and I'm like, somebody with a GCW shirt. And I go, no, honey. I said, that's not you, Tommy. That girl like works for GCW as a ticket taker or point you to your seats. And she goes, no, I believe you, Tommy, is wearing the baseball jersey that says 99 on it. Now, Rob, as you know, I know, and everybody that watches all the shows know, Queen's Quest have these fantastic baseball jerseys that say 99 on it. And by the way, if anybody can tell me where I can get one of these baseball jerseys without spending part of Lily's college fund, please let me know because I really, really want one. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, there she is. So now I got my book bag, give my phone to my wife. Rob, I turn into Homer Simpson on that episode of The Simpsons where the ice cream truck comes to town. And he knocks over all the little kids and goes, me, me, I was here first. I was here first. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but I feel like that's what was, I mean, I jet it. And Amber's like, give me your phone, give me your phone. Because they had a couple people there that would help you with your items or take pictures. So I wait in line. I was only in line two or three minutes. Um, and thanks to everybody that went to the New Jersey shows and the Connecticut shows, because they all pretty much gave me a heads up. Here's how much the cost was. You can pretty much get whatever you want signed. It was $30 a picture, $30 an autograph. Was like no problem so i told the lady i said hey i got five autographs and a picture she's like okay that'll be 180 dollars." i go look i go i would love is there any way possible i can do a little promo a little video 20 30 second video where she says hi to my friend rob she goes oh my god you tommy would absolutely love that just when you get in the front of the line tell her i said great how much will that cost she goes you spend enough money don't even worry about it. it's on us and i was like oh wow thank you so much so the entire time amber's taking pictures you know, as she's signing and doing this or that. So the first item that I give her is the uh, program for last year's uh, five-star Grand Prix that I had uh, signed by Saki a few weeks prior. As soon as she looks at it, she goes, now keep in mind, uh, and I put the video on Twitter and I sent you the video. Um, you can hear in that building, the music they were playing very, very loud. So as I'm trying to talk to you, Tommy, and her English was very, very good. I'm trying to make out what she's saying, but the music is very loud. So she goes, hey, I'm going to, is it okay if I sign by me and if I sign in gold? That'll probably come out best. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So she signs the first thing. The second thing I go to give her is the picture Lily drew of uh, Aphrodite, Utami, and Sayakamitani. Um, and then the one handler is like, do you want me to hand on a list? And my wife's like, no, 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 I got it. I'm like, just give everything to her. She's got it under control. At this point, Amber sees how, and this is how unselfish my wife is. Obviously, everything I just said, said Rob, she was very upset with didn't say a word she sees how happy i am because she knows how happy this makes this and it makes her happy so that face that she was very upset with completely wanted again she didn't say a word because my wife is a sweetheart and has the patience of a saint she sees how happy i am which makes her happy right so i can just see she's beaming with pride that i'm happy and we're out of the rain so it's a win-win so, <laughs> uh, so you get to meet you got to meet a wrestler she gets to be out of the rain <laughs> yeah it's a win-win so I give her the, uh, and again, I'm trying to talk to her and her English seems very good. So I don't know if the words that she's telling me are, are exact, but this is kind of what I'm making out. She looks at, she's, oh, this is beautiful. I said, my daughter drew that for, uh, for me for Christmas. And she's like, okay, I'll sign above here. Is that okay? You need to have Saya sign this. I said, yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that would be my holy grail if I can have Saya sign that. And so now at, as we're having this conversation, I said, hey, look, I said, the, uh, they told me that we can do a little video with uh, you say hi to my friend Rob, is that okay? And she's like, oh, video, yes, yeah, yes, yes. But I don't think she heard me mention your name again because it's blaring. And at this point, Rob, I'm kind of leaning in towards her 
like just so we can get a little better communication because it was so loud in the building that it got to the point after she signed the third item that I was like, if I lean any more, I'm going to Hazuki shoot headbutt for you, Tommy Hayashista. <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, as like, you know, because it's as if this day, and the day for me is going great. And I'm like, oh my, like with everything going on, can you imagine you, Tommy misses the show and the first week of the five star because the co host of the Stardom Cats podcast headbutted her in the nose, broke her nose, and gave her like a grade two concussion. Like that's going through my head. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. I will just lean back. Right. So the next item I gave her was, and I didn't even know I had this. And I mentioned this when we recorded yesterday. I was going through some of my um, Stardom magazines and I had the uh, mint copy of uh, Never Open of the program for the very first dream queendom where the main event was her and Sherry. So she's like, Oh, this is beautiful. And she points at Sherry and she goes, Sherry, one of my favorite opponents. And I wanted to say, really, we didn't know that, but I wasn't going <laughs> to couldn't figure that one out. You Tommy, she was Sherry, one of my favorite opponents. Uh, and she's like, it's okay. And everything she signed, she wanted to make sure it was okay. The color that she signed. In. And I was like, yes, absolutely. She signs in that. And then I bring out the two guns, buddy, not one, but two copies of Living the Dream, Stardom's <laughs> 10th anniversary in review by my good friend, one Mr. Rob Goodwin. Now, if you have never seen the cover to this book, folks, um, on it uh, is three beautifully drawn uh, uh, wrestlers by Matt Charlton, correct, Rob? It is indeed. Brother of Chris Charlton, Shining Wizard Designs. What an artist. Incredible man. There you go, folks. There you go. So on this book is Julia Mayu and then Utami's really like centered a little bit more on it. Or not, or Ju- excuse me, Julia Mayu, yeah, and Utami. And uh, for good reason, Utami for the entire year, except for the last, last two days, was the world of stardom champion. It's beautifully drawn with you have Utami with the world belt, you have her with the robe, you have her doing the pose, the mask, the whole nine. It's it's absolutely beautiful. So before I go any further, I have to give all the credit in the world to my again, this is gonna be the the Amber, you know stardom uh, podcast appreciation this whole thing of getting your book signed was actually amber's idea a few days before we left for new york for rumble on 44th street because we thought there was a possibility of a meet and greet with mayu she said i know that from what you tell me rob loves mayu more than you do and i know that you love mayu <laughs> how great would it be as like a thank you for you know him you know hiring you on as a co-host to get his book signed by his favorite wrestler. I was like, that's a great idea. Order the book. It was delayed or it wasn't on Amazon before Amazon took over some of the shipping of the book. I think it came in the day we came home from New York, but it wouldn't have mattered because of, um, uh, because there was no meet and greet. So I was, as I, you know, figuring out that I, what am I going to get you Tommy to sign? I'm like, I still have Rob's book still in the package. It's been sitting there since October. And you Tommy is like, you it's, centered pretty much on your book i'm like i am 100 percent getting that for rob absolutely but i'm not gonna lie buddy i got a little selfish i was like i'm gonna order another one for myself because i want one i ordered it amazon two days shipping no problem day before we left i opened up the package after it was sitting there for three days there's a giant crease in the top right hand corner can't send it back it's too late whatever i'll figure it out contacted my comic guys they said they gave me some tips how to get the crease out they said if it doesn't come out after after a few days of that just give it to us we'll take care of it no worries so um you tommy signed the one book gave it to amber she goes to sign the second and she looked at me and she says can i look through this I was like absolutely and i sent you the picture as she was 
literally thumbing through your book. And she said something along the lines like, this is fantastic. So I was like, oh, man. I was like, Rob is going to love that. So your book is approved by Utami Hayashista. Folks, if I cannot plug this book enough if you don't have it, if I not only do I plug it all the time on this episode, Chris Jericho has plugged this book on his podcast when we were when we were on with him. <laughs> Utami Hayashista, the Red Queen, said that the book was fantastic. I don't know what more you want me to do other than setting myself on fire, running around with this book, saying that you need to buy it, folks. You need to buy Rob's book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, please, um, please don't, man. Like, the paperwork would be insane. Yeah, I won't. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, and I was like, okay, well, now we're going to do, I said, can we do our video? So Amber's got the camera. I said, we're going to do the video and then do the uh, the picture. She's like, okay, no problem. So I went and did the thing. You know, I said what I needed to say. And then I said, you know, hey, you, Tommy, say hi to my friend, Rob. And then again, I don't think she heard me because of how loud it was. And then I waited like a half a second, which seemed like a minute for me. And she didn't say your name. And I was like, all right, I'll just say it and finish the promo. And she's like, oh, that was really good. That was really good. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Amber took a bunch of pictures. So then I looked over at my wife to make sure she's on the other side of the guardrail just to make sure she had, she was okay. She had everything put back in the book bag. Everything was neat. Nothing got ruined. If she needed, she said, no, no, no. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I took a look, I turned to look at you, Tommy, and she has her arm out. First thing I thought is maybe she was going to drop me with a lariat. But no, she, <laughs> went, she shook my hand. She's like, thank you so much. Really good video. Really good art. Good book. Thank you for your support. Absolute sweetheart of a person. And literally, now I looked at my phone because I was like, oh, I got to text Rob. I got, got his book signed. That's his Christmas present. And it was only like 10 after 7, which would have been 10 after midnight your time. I was like, I know sometimes you're up late. So that's why I text you. And I'm like, hey, buddy, I got your Christmas present. Are you up? And I know you text me the next morning that you were asleep. So, uh we kind of just oops, just was watching you, Tommy, just as as the uh, autograph session was going longer. Um, I was getting into the, you know, that that last half hour, 30, uh, th uh, 30 40 minutes. You, you just saw her line just expanding. And she was so gracious with her time with everybody, shook everybody's hand, pictures, videos, whatnot, literally to a point where somebody from the opposite side of the guardrail walked up to you because you had to go into the guardrail where, where, the, where the ring was to get your picture taken so you can pay whoever. And I could be wrong, but even Amber pointed this out, and I think you, she's usually not wrong. Somebody came on the other side of the guardrail when you Tommy had like a minute where she wasn't saying. She's like, "Hey, you Tommy, can I get a picture real quick?" You Tommy turned around and snapped a picture with this guy. I was like, "I think I just took thirty dollars off you Tommy because he didn't pay." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was so elated and uh, so happy that they did have two full bars. And again, my wife is a fan of the Captain and Coke. So I ordered two Captain and Cokes, which were about the size of my index finger and cost me over $30. Oh, my but God. But, but I didn't care. I didn't care. So, um, yeah, that was that. As far as the show goes, um, I'm not going to get in. I'm just kind of just brief, and I'm not going to kind of get get into all the matches. But I've never seen a GCW show before, Rob, except for uh, Bloodsport. I know it's kind of like Josh and Barnett thing, but I know it's like GCW Presents. I think Josh uses Brett Lauderdale's license. I, I could be wrong, but that's uh, kind of the idea that I that I got. But um, have you seen this show yet, buddy? I haven't had chance yet, I'm afraid. So you haven't seen anything? Nothing at all. I haven't even seen the Utami match. Okay, do you mind if I kind of just, I'm kind of going to spoil some stuff. Is that okay? You do you, my friend. Okay, so now I'm like, okay, I'm good. Everything's all right. Now, again, I feel bad. My wife, it's literally 6 to 11, five hours of wrestling. And I'm now I'm wondering if she's going, because I only know about half the people on the roster. 
to the point where I was texting you as we were going in. I was like, yeah, Mike Bailey's wrestling, let's just say a doll. And if you were to ask me to list the ro- the roster from best to worst, you Tommy's one, Mike Bailey's two. I don't know who's next, but that's basically how I had it. And like, man, they brought him in to wrestle doll. I'm like, okay. So um, again, I'm kind of just going to breathe through everything. First things first, there was a scramble match to start. They had Marcus Mathers in there. Marcus's dad, I actually used to do a whole bunch of shows with like 14, 15 years ago. So I remember when he was like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years old, he would come to the shows with his dad. They would get there early. They bring out the ca- crash pad, and this kid would be taking bumps off the top rope. And then I bumped into it. I was on a show. It was actually a show I hurt my foot at last year. And I was like, yeah, I saw your son's wrestling. Yeah, he, he goes, he's just starting with GCW. He's really, really good. So I was like, man, that's awesome. I used to watch this kid when he was like preteen taking bumps off the top rope. And here he is wrestling in Queens in front of, I don't know, eight, 900 people in front of a super hot crowd. it's just really cool to see somebody follow their lifelong passion and get to where he's got um crowd rob to me reminded me a lot of uh ecw style crowd very hot very into everything a lot of swearing um not that i'm opposed to that i just like to keep the show clean because we try to you know attract all ages i you know i've been to a zillion ecw shows uh you know back in my uh, high school days so everybody there wasn't one wrestler that wasn't over everybody was over um the probably most over person on the show wasn't even on the show. What I mean by that, it's the undertaker. And what I mean by that, Rob, is that um, uh, Matt Cardona came out to the undertaker's theme dressed as the undertaker when he had the purple gear and he was the rider taker for his match. So (laughs) not only that, but Mike Bailey for his match with the doll, the doll's theme music is apparently the undertaker's corporate ministry theme. And I'm like, here's this guy that hasn't wrestled in over three years, and they're using twice his theme twice. I even told Amber, I said, I hope the WWE doesn't sue Fight TV. Like, I don't know if they blurted the theme out or whatever. But I was like, the Undertaker's theme is being used twice on this show in front of like eight, nine hundred people. So um, it was really like again, every every match was pretty much different. Everybody was over. George South, who's been wrestling since the seventies. He was on the show, and I'm like, I wonder how this is going to go over. This is a bloodthirsty ECW crowd. He wrestled uh, Mates Warner. They did next to nothing in the best way possible, like an old-school Memphis match. It's basically a promo match uh, off and on. He threw a lot of really good punches, and the match got over. And I'm like, oh, that is like so Memphis, so old-school, where like less is more on the show. You're, you're literally getting everything. Uh, Amber's favorite match, which I knew it was, was the Lucha 3-way between Gringo Loco, uh, Aries, and Commander. Because Amber doesn't care about selling or the Kenta Kabashi levels of selling to fire back up. She just wants to see moves. She doesn't care about a storyline. She just wants to see moves. And that's what that match was. Um, we're going to get into the uh, the match with Mike Bailey and the doll. So, <laughs> Rob, you, <laughs> well, I'm going to take a drink of water. Hold on one sec. <laughs> So, Rob, you know me. We do call it. We do commentary on matches all the time. And uh, I, uh, I, you know, I quote Roddy Roddy Piper a lot. And one thing I'm going to quote is anybody that answers the bell, I have the ultimate respect for. It's one of Roddy, Roddy Roddy Piper quote that I absolutely love. You know that I love my I love every aspect of wrestling. I love the entertainment, this or that. But what I love most is the realism in pro wrestling. You give me Hazuki and Tam beating the crap out of each other. Give me, give me the different levels of Mayu selling. Give me Masawa versus Kawada, so on and so forth. Now, I know what I'm going to get and not get in this match. So they put the graphic up for the match, and I was like, oh, I didn't even remind Amber. Now, at this time, Amber, just, she's, she's elated. She's happy that I'm happy. She's actually enjoying the show because of the fact that she really doesn't know anybody on the show. 
So like, okay, everything's good. This is great. This is this is fantastic. So they put the graphic up for the match. It's like, oh, by the way, the Mike Bailey, he's really, really good. We actually uh, saw Mike Bailey as we were going back to our room for her to get uh, changed. Him and Veda Scott were coming in. I said, oh, he's really good. He was actually in the best of the Super Juniors for New Japan. And Amber likes New Japan. She's like, oh, well, then he's got to be good. So I was like, yeah, he's wrestling a uh, a blow-up doll. Again, what's it called, a doll? She just So I was like, I wonder how this is going to get over with her. My very prim and proper sweetheart of a wife. You have one of the most talented junior wrestlers in the world wrestling a blow-up doll. Again, I enjoy the realism as res- of wrestling, as you know, Rob. However, if the crowd is into whatever you're doing, then I'm in. This match, if you were to ask me, what is the match that got over from, from curtain to curtain with the match? Easily this match. Easily this match. So Mike Bailey comes out, gets a huge pop. The, the doll comes in, and he has, like, handlers with them. He's got some guy that dresses up literally head to toe in all black gear, right? Full black mask helps him with the spots. Let's just say the spots that even Mike Bailey doing the spots can't help the doll with. So the match starts. And uh, as soon as Mike Bailey gets the advantage, he gets booed out of the building because this doll is over like the Von Erickson, Texas buddy. I mean, just crazy. The match I can't believe I'm going to say this. The match spills to the outside. Mike <laughs> Bailey starts to smacking. the outside. Spills. Wait, I, this is going to get even more ridiculous. <laughs> spills to the outside. He starts smashing the doll's face off the guardrail. What a he heel. Throws the doll, he throws the doll back in the ring. Robbie, I know you're sitting down. You're sitting down, right? Yep. He throws the doll back in the ring. The doll's got color. <laughs> which means folks blood and i was like i don't even know where this <laughs> happened again uh, we're standing room only where we were and you saw the pictures in the video we actually we, there wasn't a bad seat in the house again it, i was gonna go to the bar a few times and just because i was so happy to get hammered but i figured uh or so happy with everything i was like i'm probably gonna get a little drunk but i was you couldn't even get to the bar it was that packed that packed and everybody was you know so nice um so, yeah, the doll's got color. Mike Bailey, mount, MMA-style, mounts the doll and starts raining fist on where the, the color is, the blood, on the doll. So then very ECW, Jerry Lynn versus Steve Carino-style, takes the blood and then puts it on his body like face paint. <laughs> <laughs> now they're booing Mike Bailey out of the building. Mike Bailey drapes the doll on the top rope, does a shooting star press onto the stall. I'm like, why are you taking that bump? The doll sells to the outside. Mike Bailey does the Oz cutter to the doll on the aprons. I'm like, why are you taking this bump, right? <laughs> I'm not getting, I'm not going to, there's times where, so then they start exchanging German suplexes, you know, I mean, exchanging German suplexes, right? And then Bailey eats a, a dragon suplex. I mean, this thing's going back and forth and it's, and I'm, and again, I'm watching my wife's reaction. She is absolutely loving this match she's laughing her ass off the crowd is nuclear for this entire match and again this just goes to show you how great mike bailey is he literally can have a match with a doll and again the handler all dressed in black would come in from time to time now rob we get to the finish and i mentioned this when we talked yesterday match went a little bit too long you told me it went like 23 minutes i mean it went a little bit too long the finish of the match rob you saw Omega Osprey 2 from Forbidden Door, right? I did, yes. They literally ripped off the last four or five minutes of this match. Amazing. Of the, oh, yes. To the point <laughs> where the handler helped the dog 
get Mike Bailey up for the one wing angel. Mike Bailey's manager handed him a screwdriver. He stuck the screwdriver in the doll's head. It's the storm breaker. <laughs> the doll gets the foot on the rope on two. <laughs> hidden blade. Brother, hidden blade. One wing angel. And I'm like, I think I know where they're going with this. Kicks out at one. Everybody knows they're ripping off this long finish. Nobody cared. They loved it. He hits the Tiger Driver 91 and then takes the doll to the top rope and hits the Tiger Driver 91 off the top rope. Oh, God's sake. They finished the match. The match was, I mean, again, I thought it went a little bit, even Amber's like, they need to end this. And I was like, oh, no, wait, because I know what they're doing. It's going to be about four or five minutes long, long, uh, longer. Again, the fact that Mike Bailey had a plus 20-minute match with a blow-up doll, doll, excuse me, and it got the reception that it did. Eventually, after the match was over, because Mike Bailey was booed out of the building in, like, the best way possible, eventually everyone was like, we were just hoping the doll would have won. They bid on all the falsies from the doll. Um, but Mike Bailey, you know, once it was over, it was like everyone was like, wow, that was absolutely amazing that Mike Bailey is that talented, that he can have that type of match in front of eight to 900 people in a hostile crowd like Queens, New York City, and it got over the way that it did. Unbelievable. Um, I'm just going to talk about my two favorite matches of the show, and then we'll move on to the next segment. Uh, my two favorite matches were the two, uh, the two female matches, Billy Starks versus uh, Maki Ito. Now, you made mention, and I didn't notice this, that Billy Starks comes out to uh, one of your favorite songs from your favorite bands, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, it was Aliens Exist by Blink-182, right? Incredible band, incredible song. So she comes out, and I'm like, oh, and I'm a, a Blink-182 fan. I'm not, like, huge, like huge. I'm into Ozzy or, like, the heavy metal stuff. But, uh, you know, Blink-182's Enema of the State was very big into my rotation, you know, coming back and forth through college. So I've heard that album a zillion times. So I know a decent amount of Blink-182. Didn't realize she came out to that song until you told me. So she comes out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this song. Awesome. She comes out first. Maki Ito. Now, again, I don't – I pay attention enough to GCW Online because some of my friends do work there. So I know Maki Ito and Nick Gage have their own little thing, you know, murder, death, kill, Maki, death, kill. They're kind of in their own little own little thing. Maki Ito comes out to Nick Gage's theme, which is more at my alley from Who the Bell Tolls by Metallica. The place goes unglued. Easily the biggest, like, entrance reaction for Maki Ito. Like, comes in gl- unglued. They went and they had a really, really good match. Maybe the best Maki Ito match I've seen. And I, I, I apologize. I've only seen a handful of her TGPW stuff. Really, really good match. Excellent match. Nick Gage comes out, and they wind up challenging uh, Matt Cardona and that Stephanie girl he comes with to a mixed tag match at their Atlantic City show. Best match of the show, not just saying this because I did the stardom cast and Utami, yada, yada, yada. Best match was Lefisto versus Utami. I know last week we talked about Utami had, had some pretty good matches with uh, Billy Starks and Janai Kai, but we were only maybe getting 80, 85% Utami, which is probably better than 95% of any of the wrestlers, male or female, anywhere in the world. Uh, th- we got, especially towards the end, Rob, and when you get a chance, definitely check this match out. The last four or five minutes, the whole match was good. It was just a build. The last four or five minutes was like main event, red belt level Utami. A lot of the match was heat. A lot of the match was heat on uh, on Utami. She built her comeback with the clothesline, shoulder tackles. Uh, again, we kind of thought maybe Utami was going to be taking all these big bumps because she's coming up on the five-star. She's eating German suplexes, tiger suplexes. I'm getting <laughs> folded right on her head. 
She's making the Utami comeback. Uh, she's hitting. She hits a handful of German suplexes. Air raid crash. She's trying for the uh, the hijack bomb towards the end, but can't get it. And I'm like, the hijack bomb is going to be the finish of the match because me seeing as much Utami matches as, as I've seen, she's going to build up to the finish. She eventually does hits huge hijack bomb, planting Lefisto in the mat, gets the one, two, three. So to end this long, I think entertaining segment on my trip into New York City. Um, as far as a scale of one to ten of how much I enjoyed this show, easy nine. Show was fantastic. Uh, easy, easy nine. Far as on a scale of one to ten, meeting you, Tommy. Scale of one to ten, Rob, maybe an eighty. <laughs> and I maybe maybe an eighty. <laughs> I knew that you enjoyed yourself, but I, even I didn't un- didn't know everything and all the intricacies that went into it. Your poor wife, I feel like she needs a standing ovation. Um, what a what a woman, what a woman. Um, but I'm glad you had a good time, man. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. I'm glad that it all worked out, um, despite all the hurdles you seemingly put in front of yourself. Um, <laughs> during, during, apart from the rain, I, you can't control the weather. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do you dirty like that, but uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on a little bit then. So, Matt, let's talk a little bit about our Patreon. What is coming up this week? We are loaded, my friend. We just dropped alternate commentary of Utami Hayashisa. A lot of Utami on this show as well. A lot. Utami and <laughs> nothing wrong with that, brother. Utami versus Tam Nakano from the final night of the 2021 five-star grand prix coming up next week will be the alternate commentary of another fantastic five-star grand prix match from 2019 mayu iwatani taking on evil hazuki um also we released this past week mayu iwatani's review of the 2018 five-star win and also at the end of the month julia's 2022 five-star win that'll be up on your patreon feeds as well as well, as well, as well, as well, uh, as well as this weekend, we will be releasing um, our top five favorite five-star matches roundtable discussion with our good friend, the one and only Scotty Wrestling. Indeed we are. That is coming up, like I say, this week. Obviously, I am away in uh, in Croatia the week after, but um, we've got a lot of five-star things coming up. We've got our Q&A that's coming up um, at the end of July, start of August. We have got, um, as Matt said, that roundtable with Scotty wrestling the best-looking man in Joshi. Um, and we've also got our what if as well that we are going to be recording. What if Julia hadn't got injured in 2021 and me and Matt are going to sort of take her reign or take her journey from uh, from the five-star Grand Prix in 2021 all the way through to uh, to wherever we fancy, to be perfectly honest. Um, and that is going to be dropping in your feeds very, very shortly. Just a programming note before we move on to a little bit of the news. I just wanted to remind people that with me being in Croatia, our... Um, episode where we review night one the 23rd of july of the five star grand prix that is going to be a day late for patrons simply because i'm not here and i'd much rather do it in person than uh have matt do it on his own simply because i want to talk about it as well i'm being selfish and self-indulgent for a moment um I'd so rather have you on the show brother to talk about that anyway do we only do that when you're sick or you go above and beyond for your fantastic girlfriend as well so absolutely my man i think that the uh the fantastic listeners 
of this podcast. The friends and family, as I call them, I think they would rather wait wait to have better quality with you in it, my friend. So that will hopefully, fingers crossed, be dropping um, on the Friday evening so if you aren't a patron you'll be getting it roughly at the same day just uh, a little bit later whereas patrons you will have to wait an extra day i apologize um but let's move on to a little bit of news um simply because i'm aware that we haven't started yet and uh, <laughs> we're already 45 minutes into the podcast um but a couple of things to come out of uh, the world of stardom this week the first and perhaps one of the most interesting things to come out is that dave Meltzer mentioned on the wrestling observer radio that julia is going to be defending the strong women's title at the all-star junior festival um which is going to be taking place at the uh, the old ecw arena in philly um and it's scheduled for august 19th now stardom have got a pay-per-view on that date i think off the top of my head it's stardom x stardom um but julia obviously will not be present at that show because she will be in philadelphia now uh, i did a little bit of um investigative journalism um because you know there's been a lot of uh julia's name being mentioned by the likes of talented AEW and and impact wrestling and things like that there is no match for Julia in the five star from the 12th of August, which is her match against Mina Shirakawa, and the 26th of August, which is her match against Mirai. So she has got a two week window where she could potentially do quite a few dates in America. So I would not be surprised in the middle of August if we see Julia, like Utami, which we're going to talk about in a minute, rock up at a Ring of Honor taping or even turn up the following day at Multiverse United 2, the New Japan and Impact Wrestling crossover, because again, she's got no matches. Um, Mayu Utani won't be there, um, despite a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of... Uh, sort of wanting it to happen from me and Matt to face Diana Perazzo. Um, she's facing Natsukatora on August 20th, so uh, she won't be there. But uh, Matt, Julia, coming to Philadelphia, how far away are you from Philly? Uh, about an hour, 40 minutes, two hours, almost roughly the same uh, distance as New York City. So I'm waiting for the official announcement before I make my plans, because I've also heard small rumors that it may be on the New Japan versus Impact show instead of the New Japan uh, Junior Festival. So I'm waiting to, or maybe if it's both. So I'm waiting to see what day that 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 is before I get my tickets. Or I have mentioned this to you off air. Uh, I'm not mention it now. That there's a good possibility that I may not have to pay for a ticket. Our good friends over at Funk Brewing, who are doing our beer, which drops, I believe, the second week of September. Um, I'll remind me, I got to get the uh, information. We'll talk off air. I got to get the information over to them on the logo and whatnot. Anywho, um, they have uh, acquired either a beer deal where they're doing like a New Japan Impact beer or they're going to be selling their beer there. I talked to my good buddy Norm, uh, I believe on Monday, and asked me, said, We actually just finalized everything a few days ago. Uh, so there is a possible, I'm going to be going one way or another, especially if Julia is going to be on the show. I will definitely make my way there. But there's a possibility that I might be able to, fingers crossed, putting out there in the universe that I may be able to get a press slash worker pass. And uh, maybe I'll help my buddy sell some beer as well. So, uh, you know, 
jack of all trades master of none but uh yeah if julie is announced for those shows which they're heavily rumored i will 99 percent be in philadelphia that weekend yeah, it's, it's going to be fantastic if Julie is there. And maybe you can complete the set of signatures on the front of uh, Living the Dream. You only need Mario oh, after that. Oh, that's right. So that is your blessing for me to get that signed for you, buddy. Wow, you're going to have a phenomenal time when you come over to Philadelphia. Honestly, <laughs> mate, I'm buzzing. I might not be there, but I am living vicariously <laughs> through you, my friend. Um, you got to get an empty... When, when you leave for the airport that weekend for Philly, Kirstie's going to be like, how come you have an empty suitcase? Like, all the stuff that Matt has waiting for me <laughs> for, the last, for the last two years. <laughs> He's just been hoarding things for me. Um... So, yeah, unfortunately, no Julia on uh, Stardom X Stardom, but there is a high probability that she is going to be turning up at either the All-Star Druna Festival um, or she is going to be turning up at the Multiverse United 2 show or both. Either way, Julia is heading to the US, according to Big Dave. Um, slightly sadder news, unfortunately, Saki Kashima is going to miss um, July 19th to July 21st. Uh, because of an injury, which is a shame because I think she's been doing tremendous work. She's done tremendous work for years now, but I think her uh, her new direction as part of God's Eye is uh, it's really changed the dynamic in that group for the better. Um, it wasn't a bad dynamic anyway, but I, I do enjoy the uh, the whole protector angle that Suri has got now with Saki Kashima. After all the history they've had of Saki just being absolutely terrified of her. So uh, that's going to be unfortunate, but hopefully she will be back in time uh, for the five-star Grand Prix Tour. Of course, Saki not a member of the tournament, but she'll be on the undercard, presumably doing a load of high-speed stuff, as uh, we talked last week about how a lot of members of the high-speed division, the likes of Tekla, the likes of Kogama, the likes of Momokogo aren't on the car, aren't in the tournament either, so we could be seeing some uh, high-speed shenanigans, which I'd be very happy about. Um, we've also, and I mentioned it earlier, Yutami Hayashishta, as we record today, the 19th of July, tomorrow, um, the 20th, Yutami Hayashishta will be on Ring of Honor television um which it did <laughs> it did certainly blow a couple of people's minds on twitter it was quite funny um poaching talent came up which uh, i thought was quite entertaining but uh, Yutami Hayashishta will be taking on Trish Adora from the Calgary tapings so uh, very exciting to see Yutami on Ring of Honor TV Matt yeah, and not only that, but she was at the uh, NXT tapings, and from what I understand, uh, her and Io Shirai were kind of chatty, and she did well. She did a workout with Io Shirai at the uh, the the Nightheart uh, Natty Nightheart's gym, the Dungeon. So, yeah, a lot of Utami in the U.S. Obviously, po- you know, a lot of po- uh, it's all been pretty much all been positive. So, I think that'll be really helping giving her and Stardom a nice shot going into the five star. Now, Rob, you mentioned at the very beginning of the show that I'm an honorary member of Queen's Quest. Now, uh, myself and, and you, Tommy, have something else in common. We have both wrestled for Ring of Honor. So how about that, my friend? There you go. See, it's just you are the perfect fit for Queen's <laughs> Quest. The perfect <laughs> fit. Um, I just wanted to highlight. Um, uh, actually, we'll do that at the end. I'm just conscious of uh, of the time. Let's head into this absolute raft 
of shows that we need to talk about today. Um, So uh, as far as I'm aware, we are talking today about the first three dates of the Summer North Tour that Stardom have embarked on over the last couple of days. Shows from the 12th, the 13th and the 16th are all up on Stardom World um, because, of course, Stardom choose this week to be on time with their uploads. Um, But we're also going to talk a little bit about the Corican show from the 9th of July as well, which drew a sellout 1,411 people. Um, What we're going to do, guys, and I know that ordinarily we will go through the cards and we'll sort of talk in detail about all of these matches, but or the matches that you need to be checking out on these cards. Um, But as we have got our huge preview and primer for the five-star Grand Prix, which is the main event. And we don't want this podcast much as I'm sure uh, you'd, you know, you'd pretend to like it. You don't want this podcast to be three and a half hours. Um, (laughs) So what we'll do is we'll sort of go through them a little bit quicker than we ordinarily would. Um, Matt has done a stellar job of picking out the matches that you need to watch. And perhaps next week, when we've just got the one five-star show to talk about, maybe we'll dip back in to some of these shows and the implications. Um, But let's start with the stardom in Corican from July, 9th of July, in fact. And as I mentioned before, um, what stardom are billing as a sellout, um, 1,411 people. Um, The results are as follows. In a three-way match, Fukikin Death defeated Hina and Ram Kachow with Fuking Death getting the win with the O'Connor roll because, Matt, it is a multi-woman <laughs> match and you do not bet against Fuking mm-hmm. Death in a multi-woman match. Um, Maysera defeated Momo Kogo in 5 minutes and 44 seconds with an absolutely brutal-looking torso dragon sleeper. Looked really cool. Um, we then had a six-woman tag match, the Oeratai team of Momo Watanabe, Natsu Katora and Ruwa defeating the Queen's Quest team of Azumi Lady C and Miyu Amasaki in 6 minutes and 50 seconds. Ruaka getting the pin over Miyu Amasaki with the freezer bomb. Um, we then had FWC, Hazuki and Kogama, defeating Wingori, Hanan and Sayaida in 8 minutes and 55 seconds. And guys, you will never believe this. You will never believe who took the pinfall. It was only Sayaida. She at a diving body press from Kogama uh, for the loss, which I'm sure surprised absolutely no one. Uh, we then had a tag match. Donna Del Mondo, May Sakurai and Tekla defeating Hanako and Nene Takahashi in 8 minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, May Sakurai getting the win with the greatest move in pro wrestling history, the diving elbow drop on Hanako. Come around, folks. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like if I'm overly, like, overly happy and kind about the move she'll stop doing it but i feel like it's uh it's something that isn't gonna happen i'm just i'm just kidding I like myself i love your strategy <laughs> absolutely you've got to love the positive vibes that i'm giving it um we then had another tag team match with the team of saki kashima and amisori god's eye defeating the awaretai team of starlight kid and rena in 80 and sorry in eight minutes and 25 seconds saki getting the pin 
over Rina with the My Emblem. Lovely little implications from that match because, of course, Rina, rather than attacking Saki after their match at Sunshine, uh, walked off. So there was some uh, there was some little cool interactions between Saki and Rina. Um, at the end of this match. Our semi-main event saw a six-woman tag match. The Cosmic Angels team of Natspoi, Siori Anu, and Yuna Mizumori defeating the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, and Waka Sukiyama, with Natsupoi getting the pin with the Ferial Gift in 10 minutes and 25 seconds over Waka Sukiyama. And then in our main event, we had a generational struggle elimination match with uh, the older generation, shall we say, which is perhaps unfair, of Julia Suri Tam and Mayu Iwatani defeating the team of Suzu Suzuki, Mirai, Micah and Saya Kamatani in 28 minutes and 7 seconds. Julia last eliminating Micah with the Ganasuke clutch. Um, Matt, would you like to tell all of the good listeners over at the Stardom cast what we need to be watching from this show? really it's stardom so it's all good with like kind of with the with all the shows um that have dropped over the past week or so and then plus the uh the five star the really go-to in my opinion uh wingoy versus fwc shocker obviously we're huge fans of fwc especially hazuki we have such a soft spot soft spot excuse me for one saida i thought this match was great giving it went just a tad under nine minutes Really love the shockingly violent that we got. Shockingly, <laughs> I say that, haha. Violence we got between Hazuki and uh, Saida, especially with Saida throwing those brutal chops. And then, of course, Hazuki returning the favor with forearms and boot scrapes. I thought that was really good. Obviously, Hanan, uh, this whole entire uh, tour that they had here, I thought Hanan's really starting to prove a lot on the little things. What I mean by that, like the technical wrestling, the chain wrestling. And I'm really excited to see like how many of the wrestlers, you know, the veteran wrestlers, which like they're all older than her because she's only 18 uh, in the five so that she's going to out wrestle in the beginning of the matches to kind of build towards, you know, the middle of the match and the finish of the match as well. So yeah, excited there. Hanan looked excellent here. Saeed is fantastic. Obviously Koguma winds up getting the, uh, the fall with the body press and then Hizuki's just Hizuki. I mean, <laughs> there's no off gear for Hizuki, but um, I, this is my second favorite match of the show. Absolutely loved it. I was you know, really, when I was looking at the card, I was like, wow, they're doing stars versus stars, and it's Wingoy versus FWC, two of my favorite tag teams, and uh, probably your two, two of your favorite tag teams as well, Rob, in uh, in Cork and Hall with this loaded main event. I thought the, sh- the match was fantastic. I had it at three and three fourth stars. And, and again, folks, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, you're, you're looking at nine minutes of uh, excellent work between four of the uh, the best wrestlers in stardom. Um, yeah, I must admit, this match was fantastic, but. Again, I, I've i been flying the flag for Wingori for a long time now. I'm hoping, beyond hope, that um, we are going to get more Wingori stuff, especially as Sayurida seems to be spinning wheels at the moment, obviously not part of this year's five-star Grand Prix. Hannon, I feel she's got a really tough block, having looked at her run-in ready for this primer. I don't think I quite appreciated just how tough her block is, but this could really be something of a coming-out party for her. Um, maybe not in terms of results, but certainly in terms of uh, of of match quality. And I don't mean that as in Hannon's matches are bad. Anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I do not 
I, I've got nothing but good things to say about Hannon, but I've got a feeling that this could be Hannon's year and maybe we'll see them have a good run in Tag League. FWC or FWC, Hazuki is absolutely fantastic. Kagome, when she's not doing the comedic stuff, and, you know, there's certainly a time for the comedic stuff, but when she's not doing the comedic stuff, she really is fantastic and underrated as well. So uh, nine minutes of your time, absolutely go and check that out matt what else would you recommend to people again the whole show was really good but just for the sake of time because i do not want to cut the uh, main event portion of this show so show sort excuse me easy for me to talk Uh, let's talk about the main event the generational struggle elimination match uh i thought this was absolutely fantastic i enjoyed the uh the first one the time limit draw one just a little bit better. Obviously, we're we're subbing Utami in, uh, uh, Mirai for Utami, which is absolutely fine because it kind of didn't make sense. It was like, well, you have the former champions on one side, and then you have three up-and-coming wrestlers and a former champion on the other side, but I'll never say no to having Utami in the ring. So I think like for the kind of story that they're going for, it made a little bit more sense to have Mirai in there. But this was great, especially when the fact like you're like, who's going to start? And then it starts out with Suzu and Julia and it just gets violent from like go and it really kind of just never really picked up of course you had the comedic thing of tam and julia just not getting along and they never will <laughs> that story that'll never die i thought that was great um i kind of like how they did the eliminations i kind of figured they're uh, they started was a really good job protecting their top wrestlers especially as we're going into the five star and it was double elimination double elimination double elimination and then the uh, the finish, but all the double eliminations made sense. You had Tam and Saya Kamatani, which was the first double elimination, with them suplexing each other on the apron, and then Saya does the crazy hurricanrana off the apron uh, to Tam, which the uh, kind of almost an appetizer as uh, they they will be wrestling each other. And what I'm assuming is the main event of the first night of the uh, the five star. Uh, I thought that was really good. I thought Mayu and Mirai. Their double elimination scared me as the two of them were on the top rope. It looked like any one of them was going to have a really bad fall. And they kept just teasing and teasing. And my heart was in my throat. And I'm like, I know this match happened a few days ago. Nobody got injured because or else, you know, would have been reported. But this looks like it could end up really bad. And they landed as safe as they possibly could. So I thought that was uh, that was really good. Um, And then again, Suzu and... uh, and Sherry, that is going to be one of the marquee matches coming up this Sunday at night, one of the five-star. And these two just absolutely beat the crap out of each other. And then uh, Suzu German suplexes Sherry off the apron because we can't get this match violent enough. And then we have a really, really good, uh, almost like a mini-match with Julie and Micah. And, you know, Micah kind of has been teasing. She wants to branch out on her own. And we've kind of been seeing, you know, the kind of that makeshift trio team that has kind of been dubbed big, medium, and small with uh, May Sarah, Suzu Suzuki, and Micah. We've been seeing uh, Suzu and Micah on some of these shows, and especially here, the two of them maybe not getting along so much. So, like, this little mini faction that's just got the foot off the ground, they're doing a really good job sprinkling in some story here. Obviously, Julia uses her experience to uh, get the pinfall, the Ghana State Clutch, onto Micah, and then we have some really good promos uh, basically setting up, you know, Suzu's very upset with Micah, saying, you know, I really wanted to win this match, you dropped the fall. I thought the easy thing for Micah to say was like, well, you dropped the fall too, but she didn't go there. I'm like, (laughs) you lost too. It wasn't like it was one person. It's like, you got eliminated as well. But I understand Micah's the only one that actually ate a, uh, you know, clean fall in the ring. And then they said, well, if you have a problem with it, meet me in the finals of the five star. So now it's like you're teasing like, oh, are we going to get a Suzu versus Micah final? 
considering the fact the way they've been building up a lot of the other uh, wrestlers that have a good chance of making it to the final. Um, I thought that was really cool, especially in the main event of a Cork and Hall show, that you're kind of teasing that as a possible final. Um, obviously, we will talk more when we get to the end of the show. I think you, we are going to absolutely see a Tam versus Sayakamatani World of Stardom Championship match, maybe at Stardom X Stardom, the way that that absolutely builds up. And they already have the makeshift story in there um, with Sayakamatani just coming off, in my opinion, the greatest wonder of Stardom Championship reign and the fact that she beat Tam twice, uh, once to win the belt at Dream Queendom and then once to retain the belt at uh, World Climax back in uh, March of 2022. So if Sia gets a win on, again, what I think will be the main event on Sunday's show, I think that gives Sia the right to challenge Tam for the World of Stardom Championship. And yes, there is a few pay-per-views sprinkled in between the five-star with not many or any uh, five-star matches in it. So obviously, if Julia, who's a big draw for Stardom, she's going to come over here to the States, especially the city of brotherly love. Um, and they're going to be m- missing her, but I think a great replacement for her being off the show to come to the States would be a main event match with Saya and Tam. I think that's where they'll go. Um, and then I thought it was really funny at the end, and then, you know, Julia comes in, she, you know, she cuts her promo, or Suzu then challenges Sherry, because obviously they're going to have that match. Julia says what she needs to say, and then she gives the uh, the mic to Mayu, and it's like, I don't understand what's different with your belt and my belt. Mayu's like, oh, wait, I need to talk now. And then Mayu's like, well, since we won, I'm going to close the show. And then she tried to do the ending of the closing of the show by saying we are stars. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> Sherry, Julia, and Tam are like, how about we change that to stardom? And then it was like, okay, no problem. And then she says stars again. <laughs> again, only Mayu, like the only wrestler ever that can get away, not only get away with it, but it's like, it's expected. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's absolutely. like, when you, go to, when you go to see your band play, you want to see them play the hits. And we want Mayu to hit the, the two-stage dragon suplex, the moonsault, and to mess something up on purpose or not, we don't know. So, uh, but all in all, though, I thought this was a great match. Definitely uh, uh, the four shows we're going to talk about. Uh, my favorite match of the uh, the four shows. Uh, again, I like the um, the 30-minute time limit draw from about two months ago uh, better. I had that one at four and a half stars. This one, though, is right below it at four and a quarter. I saw a lot of people giving this match a lot of praise, and rightly so. It's a very, very, very good match. You've done a fantastic job of... Uh of uh, summarizing it for us don't forget that this they are making this a series which i do like um and this has been alluded to um that the third match or the third series um of matches is going to take place i believe at corican again um on the 9th of september where we've actually got five star matches um pitting those two teams against each other we've got suri versus saikamatani um, Tam versus Suzu Suzuki, and then Julia versus Micah, which is on my list as one of the matches of the tournament to watch out for, um, because I do think that one could blow up, not just in ring, but I think it'll have wider connotations. But that's just me. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read through um, basically the summary of the North Tour so far. Um, and Matt, if you want to just go through all three shows at once and tell us what you think people need to go out of their way to watch, 
um, we can get on to uh, the primer and the main event of the show, which uh, I will link in the bottom of the podcast description if you uh, you are sick of hearing our voices already. Hopefully you're not. Um, but if you want to skip ahead to uh, to the five star stuff, then I will. Uh, I'll put a link to the time in the podcast description. So we're uh, starting embarked on that summer north tour, like I mentioned before. Um, uh, spent a lot of time in Hokkaido. So the twelfth of July saw them in Ashikawa Local Industry Promotion Center in Hokkaido in front of three hundred and five. People, a quick summary, Momo Kogo defeated Miyu Amasaki. Um, the Uenatai team of Momo and Natsukatora defeated Hanako and Koguma. Uh, a tag team match, Meisei and Suzu Suzuki defeated Ruaka and Starlight Kid. Um, Amisori, Mirai and Saki Kashima defeated the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C and Sayakamitani. Um, Cosmic Angels, Natsupoi and Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori defeated Clovinus again. Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May and Waka Sukiyama. And then in your main event, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julian, Micah May, Sakurai and Tekla defeated the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hanan, Hazuki and Saya Ida. Bet you can't guess who ate the pinfall there. Um, <laughs> we that, love you, Saida. We love you, Saida. Hashtag push Saida. <laughs> we're only saying this because we're hurt, Saida. Um, we move on then to the 13th of July, night two of the tour from the Tomokomai General Gymnasium, again from Hokkaido, in front of 283 people. Yuna Mizumori defeated Momo Kogo. Um, the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Sayakamatani defeated the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Mio Amasaki. Uh, Cosmic Angels, the Meltier team of Natsupoi and Tam Nakano, defeated Wingori, um, Hanan and Saida in 7 minutes and 41 seconds. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Um, Six-one tag match. Club Venus, Mariah May, Mina Shirakara, and Wakasukiyama finally get a win back, defeating Hanako, May Seira, and Suzu Suzuki. Semi-main six-woman tag. Hazuki Kagama and Mayu Iwatani. Stardom triple crazy as they were known during the Stardom Sunshine uh, show. Defeated the God's Eye team of Amisori, Mariah, and Saki Kashima in 13 minutes and 56 seconds. And then in your main event, of the evening, we had the Donna Del Mondo team of Julian, Micah, May, Sakurai, and Tekla defeating the Oeditai team of Momo, Natsukatora, Ruaka, and Starlight Kid. Um, we're going to move on then to night three as well, and then uh, I'll throw to Matt, who's going to summarise the shows and sort of give you what uh, what you should be watching from these three shows, because uh, credit where credit's due, Stardom World threw these shows up very quickly, and we love it. That's what we want to see more of. So, night three of the tour took place in Sapporo, uh, from the Sapporo Leon Stadium in Hokkaido, 412 people in attendance. Um, Starlight Kid defeated Hanako and Momo Kogo in a three-way match in a tag match. Wing, uh, sorry, not Wingori Stars. Hanan and Kogama defeated Meisera and Miyu Amasaki. Uh, Micah and Suzu Suzuki defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori. 
Uh, the Iwera tag team of Tora, Momo Watanabe, and Ruwaka defeated the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, and Saya Kamatani in 8 minutes and 52 seconds. Six-woman tag team match, the Club Venus team of Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa, and Waka Sukiyama defeated the Stars team of Hazuki, Mayu Iwatani, and Saida, with Mayu Iwatani eating the banana. No, I'm only joking. Um, and then... <laughs> Wait a minute, did I my notes right? <laughs> you, you all know, you all know who ate the pinfall. Um, hashtag push the gorilla. Um, six one tag match then closed the show. The Donna Del Mondo team, Julia May Sakurai and Tekla, defeated the God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai, and Saki Kashima. Um, Matt, these three shows, what should people be going out of their way to check out? Um, I'm just going to peel back to the 12th. I love submission wrestling, Rob. There was two kind of newer submission uh, finishes in the first three matches. Momo Kogo has a double arm like Rings of Saturn uh, that she calls 100% fresh juice squeeze. Which I thought was awesome name. Put that on a t-shirt, right? Absolutely. Freshly squeezed Uh, Momo Kogo. Absolutely. And then uh, Suzu Suzuki, we've seen this a time or two where she does a crooked head scissors into a double wrist lock. We've seen her win a handful of matches uh, on some of these tours with that. I'd like to see her either tease that or get a big win or two in the five star with us. I'm a big fan of, again, submission wrestling, especially the double wrist lock. So um, as far as what you need to watch, again, it's stardom. All the matches are good. But uh, as the respect of time, I would go and watch match number five. Yuna, Tam, and Nasafoy Cosmic Angels versus Waka, Mariah May, and Mina Shirakawa. Of course, the uh, the feud is never over between Mina and Tam, and they lit into each other as if Hazuki was the agent for that match. Uh, obviously, Mariah May is fantastic. Waka plays her role really, really well uh, in this club Venus team, uh, basically taking a lot of the heat, but at the same time, really doing a great job firing back. And the one thing that I've noticed in these... Uh, six-person tag matches with Club Venus as they're building, like, with Waka towards the end of the match. Mina Shirakawa and Mariah May, they do a great job, like, coming in and saving Waka towards the end, which I thought was really cool. It really just shows how great of a leader Mina is on this new team. Uh, you know, Club Venus is only a handful of months old, and they're doing a really good job make, showing Mina as a really good leader. Um, and, of course, Natsupoi is Natsupoi. Her and Waka had a really good closing stretch towards the finish, which saw Natsupoi really lay into poor Waka. Um, the best match from that show, though, was the uh, main event, a person tag with um, Julia, Micah, Tekla, May Sakurai versus Saida, Mayu, Hanan, and Hazuki. And this match, there was a lot. And a lot of times when they have these multi person matches on these quote unquote house two shows, you'll see like the main event just kind of come in, play the hits, and let like your, your Teklas, May Sakurai's, your Lady C's, whatever, get majority of the match. You're, you're getting more exposure. They're in the ring. They're getting more reps. It makes them better. At the same time, they come in, they do what they need to do. So everybody kind of goes home happy. This was like the, and I have no problem with that. I completely understand you're giving, you know, the uh, the lower card wrestlers, lack of a better term, more exposure in the ring in front of a live crowd. And that's the only way that you're going to get better. So I think that's really unselfish of like these leaders that, uh, of the factions that do this when they put away the, when they put together these matches. However, this match, Rob, was a lot of Julia versus Hazuki violence, which I absolutely love. Now, Julia and Hazuki, uh, obviously the main event of night one of the five-star Grand Prix last year. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I watched that match twice in a matter of two weeks for the podcast, uh, once for the alternate commentary and once for the Julia 2022 five-star retrospective. Again, the sacrifice I make for this podcast, Rob, Absolutely. unbelievable. You could, you could um, feel people playing you the world's tiniest violin then, couldn't you? <laughs> unbelievable. Do you want any cheese with that line? Obviously, absolutely love, love that match. Uh, and they kind of pick up where they left off. There's a lot of Julia and Hazuki violence here. Uh, a lot of really good stuff with Mayu. Hanan is really highlighted really well. Basically, almost out-wrestling every member of DDM in the beginning. They do a great job shining her up. Julia does a great job with that. I talk about it all the time. One of the reasons why I, I, Julia is just one of the best wrestlers in the world is uh, she does a great job taking the mid-card or, again, lower-card wrestlers in these matches and giving them a lot. And every single one of these matches that Julie was in, she takes one of the lower card wrestlers and gives them a lot. And she lets them, you know, bump her, jump, especially Saida. Saida does a great job really beating up Julia quite a bit in some of these matches. Uh, obviously, I don't want to say it, but let's say it only to have Saida take the fall. Um, but uh, yeah, that the main event was really, really good. Again, if you're a fan of Julie and Hazuki violence, definitely watch that. Uh, match from the 13th, if you have the time, I definitely, the O2 line versus Sayakamitani and Lady C match was really good. You have Queen's Quest versus Queen's Quest. Again, you see Miyu Amasagi and Lady C both improving week in, week out, especially, you know, Lady C has been, she's been on, on my radar of improving for like the past year or so, for the past two or three months, especially the uh, Passion Injection match with Nene Takahashi and her match with Izumi at, uh, I believe, the, the, the last New Blood show. The improvement of Miyu Amasaki is just is really tenfold. It really, really is, and I'm excited to see what uh, you know how she's going to close out the remainder of the year and what 2024 brings. Because she does a great job playing her role in kind of the fifth uh, in Queen's Quest. Obviously, Utami Izumi, Sayaka Matani, they're one, two, and three. However way you want to slice them, I think Lady C is fourth in that group, and I think Miyu just because uh, Hina is uh, away at school again, terrible excuse. I think Miyu is kind of like, you know, putting that fifth role. But uh, her improvement is fantastic. The way she's been getting in and out of uh, really quick pinfalls, her, the psychology in the matches, the timing, the ring positioning. It's really improved so much in the last six months. So I thought that that match is really good. Um, Meltier versus Wingori. It seems like Meltier on these tours, they're just putting them, you know, one of the top tag teams in stardom the past year. The two giant stars for the promotion, obviously Tam and Natsupoi. You know, huge, huge uh, stars, not only in wrestling as much as Rob will disagree with me. The album, uh, I believe, is selling well and doing fantastic on iTunes. Uh, but uh, and obviously a uh, big fan of the, the music and the dancing. Again, he may uh, disagree with me, but uh, regardless, they give them, you know, they, you, you have a match here at Wingory and getting a team that we love. And then coming up this week, I believe tomorrow, they're wrestling Suzu and May Sarah. And then I think the next day they're wrestling Azumi and Sayakamatani. So it's like they're giving a lot of Meltier matches as the, as we're going into the five-star. And there's nothing nothing wrong with that. But I thought that this match is really good. Again, Tam and uh, Saeeda have really good strikes, really good, uh, some violence back and forth. As Tam is obviously a very good hard hitter. 
as well as one side you know and the uh, the finish of the match was something a little different rap she had she looked like she was going to go for the tiger suplex but then she dropped her face first almost like jade cargill's jaded or the beth phoenix finisher i forget what she called it so it was like i don't know if that was supposed to happen because it looked like she was going for the tiger suplex but maybe this is a new move she's kind of almost unveiling for the five star we shall see we shall see. So more on that. So don't be shocked if you see Tam kind of maybe pull that out as either a false or something build up towards the finish. So very interesting there. Um, match number five with the stars team of Mayu, Hazuki, Koguma, was Ami Soy, Marai, and Saki Kashima was really, really good. Uh, for Saki Kashima, as soon as the bell rings, they basically triple team her and they beat the crap out of her. Hazuki, Koguma, and obviously Mayu is a very good striker as well. But I thought that match was was really, really good. Uh, main event with uh, DDM versus uh, Oedo Tai. You have Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe in there. And Natsuko Tora, Rob, is somebody, and obviously we'll talk about it when we get to the main portion of this show, is somebody that when they announced the bracket star, uh, the, the, uh, not the, yeah, the, like who was going to be in the five star, I was like, all right, you know, Tora, she's good. She's, you know, just really kind of coming back from an injury. But it really seems like she's ramped up her intensity and her violence at pretty much at the right time for her. And I'm really interested to see what she does because on these like multi-person matches, she like just doesn't give a damn and is just looking like she's out to hurt somebody, which is you know kind of which is you know that's kind of the uh, way to tie thing, you know, especially as the her, the leader of this faction. Um, the final night uh, match three with Suzu Suzuki and Micah versus Yuna and Tam that was really good, some really hard hitting stuff. Uh, they teased Suzu and Tam; they've been kind of building that up as well. And uh, they've been on Twitter the last day or two, kind of going back and forth. So um, that was kind of the main crux of the match. Obviously, Micah does get the win with the Mijinoku driver over Yuna Mizumori. Yuna threw some wicked lariats at Micah. And if there's one person that knows how to throw lariats, and I guess that knows how to take them, is one Micah. Because Yuna threw a sliding lariat and then just a regular standing lariat to Micah that was just, like, huge. I think maybe now that, like, uh, that... um, Himika's out of the, uh, you know, obviously she's retired and maybe they adopted to uh, another, they needed another hard lariat hitter and now that's going to be Yuna. I don't know, but regardless, but the, yeah, there's a really good uh, sequence with Tam and Suzu Suzuki and they kind of teased something going on with them as well. And I believe that I think Tam going into Dream Queendom is going to have two big World of Stardom championship defenses. And I think it's going to be Saya and Suzu Suzuki for kind of what they've been teasing here. But uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, best match uh, from the show for me was match number five with Mina, Mariah, May, Waka versus Mayu, uh, Hazuki, and Saida. Rob, I kind of want to point this out. So they're doing, they're, they're building towards the finish of the match, right? I know how Stardom builds these finishes is they'll have tags in and out, double teams. Obviously, uh, uh, Hazuki and Mayu, they hit their pitcher perfect double suicide dive, which is great. And then it comes down to Saida and Waka. And I know from watching all these stardom shows how they build towards their finishes is the one of them will hit a big move or a, a flash pin and then someone will come in and break it up or like Mayu come in and hit a super kick or Hazuki will come in and hit like the Hazuki driver and then she'll like go back out and have like a brawl with Mina or whatever. So they're building towards Waka and Saida and I'm like, okay, Saida's got how to get a win here, right? It's Waka. It's Waka. We love her. She got her big win. She wins from time to time, but she's kind of back on the t- back taking L's. So here we go. We're going to get the big Saida win. And then Mina comes in, hits the uh, roaring elbow. That goes into what I call the Waka slide, you know, the double underhook chicken wing thing. And she gets the three count. I was like, oh, man, son of a gun. We love Waka. 
but come on, right? Like, you know, the, I think it was like two weeks ago, we were talking about Saeeda won three of the four matches that we were talking about. And you're like, yeah, it's not even her birthday. And I'm like, oh man, we're back on the Saeeda losing train. This sucks. But the camera at the very end of the clip before we went to the next match, they show Saeeda as she's walking towards the entranceway or exitway. And she takes her, I believe it was either something off her wrist or might've been her hair tie. And she looks visibly frustrated and she throws it on the ground and walks away. And they didn't cut to Mariah May, Mina, Hazuki, Mayu, you know, the big stars of not only the match, but of the, you know, of the company. They focused on that. And I wonder if they're going to do something with it. And we talk all the time. We love Saida. Kind of lost in the star shuffle. DDM is thinning out a little bit more. Maybe we see a more darker, violent side of Saida, maybe get, you know, going into the fall months, coming off the five-star. I don't know. It's interesting to see because they were very, it was only a three or four-second shot, but they were very adamant on showing the frustration of Saida taking the fall on Waka and another fall in this tour that I wonder if they're going to do something with it. So I don't know. We shall see, sir. I don't know if that's a seed planet or the cameraman just happened to catch it and Saida just reacted in the moment that I don't know. So it's something to keep your eyes out for there, good sir. Not just that, but we sort of glossed over this a little bit, but Saida very, very much um, frustrated with the fact that we're doing these generational tag matches. And a few years ago, Saya Kamatani, Sayurida, and Micah were all sort of put in the same bracket. And suddenly, Saya Kamatani and Micah have had the rocket strapped to them, being put in these, you know, generational matches along alongside people like, you know, Mirai. And Sayurida's been left in the dust somewhat. And I do wonder if that's where they're going with it, sort of this frustrated and almost jilted Sayurida being left and, and being an afterthought and eating the pins to, you know, again, you said it before, much we love Wakasukiyama. Should she be pinning Sayurida? Probably not. Um, but I do wonder if that's where we're going. You know, she's missed out on the five-star this year because of Hannon. You know, 18-year-old Hannon. It's an interesting time for Sayurida. If this goes nowhere, then I think it's a shame. If they do build it, as I do start to think that they are doing, you know, just with, you know, the little camera work that you mentioned in that, that post-promo after Corican where Sayurida voiced her displeasure, it does seem that they are uh, that they're heading towards something and I'm all for that if this all works into a story that ultimately pushes Sayurida ultimately gets a you know more time in ring and things like that and getting of those high profile wins then yeah I'm uh, I'm more than happy with it basically if we see Sayurida in the five star next year it's worked and that's what I'm happy to see um but I don't know if you see what I did there Matt but talking of the five star Oh yeah! Look at that! As if I couldn't get more excited, I am like through the roof here, folks. I am so excited! Excellent job, brother. Thank you very much. I'm I'm honestly quite proud of myself. Um, but in all seriousness, um, uh, we are going to be sort of giving you our primer for uh, for the five star Grand Prix. Whether you're a new fan, an old fan, or whether you're just tuning in to watch the tournament and then tuning out again, we want you to be able to listen to this and understand what is going 
on not only with the blocks but also with um sort of statistics and backstories and you know that sort of thing so uh, without further ado let's delve straight into this it's the 20 woman tournament again for the first time in what feels like ages we had a record high 26 competitors last time so it's nice to have uh, the tournament sort of slimmed down a little bit we mentioned it before it does make it feel like more of an an elite tournament to have these uh, these fewer spaces and people battling to sort of get those final spaces um but in essence the five-star Grand Prix is stardom's answer to the G1 Climax. If you're a New Japan fan, this is the exact same format as the G1 Climax. A two-block round-robin tournament with the winner of each block meeting in the final. It's been run since 2012, making this the 12th incarnation of the tournament. Obviously, Stardom have got four tournaments, but this is the most prestigious, and it's arguably the biggest in women's wrestling. Arguably. Um, the inaugural winner was Yuzuki Ayakawa, with other winners including Mayu Iwatani, Io Shirai, Kairi Hojo, Nanai Takahashi, Yutami Hayashista, the late great Hannah Kimura, and Suri. So basically, in essence, that's what the five-star Grand Prix is. But there's also more than that. There's loads of stats and little tidbits that go along with this. And I want to share a couple of those with you now. I mentioned that it was the 12th incarnation of the tournament, this one, which means there have been 11 winners. But no one has ever won the tournament more than once. And actually, only two people have ever made it to more than one final. Yutami Hayashista has made it to the final and won it in a different final. And Yoko Bito has made it to the final and won it in an, in another final. So it's very rare, very, very rare for someone to go on and go to another final or go on to win it twice. Um, ordinarily, the winner of the tournament will go on to have a shot at the World of Stardom Championship. This has happened for nine of the last 11 winners of the tournament uh, with the last three winners Yutama Hayashista in 2020, Suri in 2021, and Julia in 2022, all successfully winning the belt. But winning the tournament is no guarantee of success. However, until 2017, every winner of the tournament had been unsuccessful when going for their chosen championship. And in fact, the 2017 winner, Tony Storm, only won the belt because of a legitimate injury to Mayu Iwatani in her championship match, which meant that the belt was rather hurriedly put onto Tony Storm um, as sort of a necessity rather than it being planned. Only four winners of the five-star Grand Prix have successfully gained the championship. Yutami Suri and Julia, as I mentioned earlier, and then Tony Storm from 2017 which is a baffling statistic. That is only 36.37% of the people who've won the tournament have gone on to then win the tournament. Um, we have, in this tournament, four previous winners. Mayu in 2018, Utami in 2020, Shuri in 2021, and Julia in 2020. But Matt, 
I wonder if you know. Do you happen to know where most of the winners, which block most of the winners come from? Oh, man. You mean Julia won it in 2022. Uh, you said 2020. Oh, okay. uh, I, I'm delaying myself. But you know, I have all these stats here. Literally all these stats written down. And, and again, thanks to our good buddy at Scotty Wrestling as I literally printed his Google Drive uh, the, uh, format that he, that he gave. So it makes things a lot easier for me to stay on top of this. I have a 50-50 shot at this, my friend. And uh, the guy who trained me for the job that I have um, when I was getting <laughs> – when he, when he would ask me questions, I got everyone wrong. He said, I'm going to take you to Atlantic City. And he goes, we're going to go to roulette. You tell me what to bet on, red or black, and I will pick the opposite, and I will retire in a year. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say – I want to say maybe red because red equals green, brother. But, however, team blue and gold, my tag team name, I'm going to say blue. You're absolutely spot on. Absolutely oh. spot on. Um, <laughs> so uh, the last three winners of the tournament have come from Blue Block with eight of the 11 winners coming from Blue Block with Io Shirai, um, Yuzuki Agawa and Hannah Kimura being the odd ones out from 2019. Um, so on top of that, We've got two tournament debutants this year, Mariah May and Sayori Anu, who are both in blue block. Um, and speaking of Mariah May, only one Gai Kokujin, which is uh, the full and more formal way of saying Gaijin, because I've found out recently that Gaijin um, has rather negative connotations, which uh, we don't we don't want. Um, so we're going to we're going to normalize Gai Kokujin, uh, which is it just means foreigner, basically, um, has ever won the tournament. And that was Tony Storm in 2017. But there have only ever been four that have even made the final. Tony Storm in 2017, Tessa Blanchard, Alpha Female, and Hudson Envy. So the odds are really stacked against Mariah May to make it through to the final. But that doesn't mean she won't do it. Um uh, I'm going to test Matt's stat knowledge again as well. Um, nobody in the tournament has more match victories, cumulative match victories in the five-star than Mayu Iwatani. She currently sits at 39 five-star match victories. But Matt, think about the 20 people in this tournament. Who do you think has the most tournament losses in the five-star? I thought you were going to say who was second, and I had my thing there. I was going to say Mariah May because uh, she's never going to be. Uh, who has the most <laughs> losses? So out of out of these twenty wrestlers, who has the most losses in the? Uh, that's what you're asking me in the in the history of the five star. Uh, that is part of this tournament. Yes, I'm going to say is it Mayu again because she's been in like every tournament. It's not. Oh, hold on. Let me. I'm trying to think of who is who's been in the the longest. Um, give me. I will take Hazuki for a hundred dollars, Alex. You sure, Hazuki? I'm gonna say Hazuki. Incorrect. All right, one more guess. One I'm more going guess. to say. I'm going to say Azumi. Incorrect. All right, what do you got? It is the one person out of red block that has never had a time limit draw 
which is an odd stat, um, with a record of 25 wins and 25 losses. It's your World of Stardom champion, Tam Nakano. That's right, because she was like a basically a pin eater like the first two years that she was in the tournament. Debuted Actually, in 2017. Who, yeah. Oh, wowzers. Oh, wowzers. I just, I just, and literally, I'm looking at my stats and I literally have Red Stars block, Tam Nakano, world champion, 2022 runner up, exclamation point. So, like, didn't even, I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's Tam, right? Believe in Tam, Tam time. But apparently, Tam has walked the Tam road to several L's. <laughs> but that goes to show you that even though you have the most losses in this tournament, you can be a double champion, you can be the goddess champion, and you can even become the runner up to this prestigious tournament. So, that just shows you, folks, don't give up don't ever give up absolutely and i'm glad you mentioned hazuki um because i'm going to give you a stat about hazuki in a moment um but you did you let's let's do another one so you said you thought you were going to ask you thought i was going to ask who's got the second most tournament victories um uh, go on let's let's see if you can uh, narrow this down who has got the second most tournament victories behind mayu iwatani with 39 I'm going to say it's Utami. It's not, but Utami is up there. Mm, okay, because I know Utami. Well, she's only really she's only competed in 2020, 21, 22, so only three, but she's got a lot of wins. So I'm going to go with somebody that's been tenured a little bit longer. How about Momo Watanabe? Okay, so Utami has actually been in the five star every five star Grand Prix since 2018. 2018, that's right. Oh, yeah, because she was the runner-up. That my bad, yeah. Exactly. So she has 23 tournament victories. Then it's Tam with 25 in third place. And in second place, with 27 victories, it is indeed Momo Watanabe. Ah, bow down to the Queen's rap, Goodwin. <laughs> bow down indeed. And just before we kick into the block and look at every competitor in a little bit more detail, um, Hazuki. Now, she is a few people's pick to be the winner of this year's competition. Obviously, the odds-on favourite, if you were to ask Stardom fans at the moment, is Utami Hayashishta, which will not only mean that she will have made it to three finals, the first woman to do it, but it would also mean that she would become the first two-time winner of the tournament. But some people have got Hazuki. I already know the stat you're going to put out, buddy. Who has the most KOs and most violent matches <laughs> in the five-star? It's Hazuki. <laughs> See, this is what... No. Um, so, obviously, Hazuki took a little bit of a gap when it came to her tournaments. Um, obviously, she took that gap in uh, 2019. She retired briefly, came back in 2022. She's appeared in four tournaments, and in all four of those tournaments, she has been in the block the winner has come from. So, what I'm going to ask you now is, if that trend continues, the winner's got to come from red block. So, I'm sure it's a coincidence but I thought it was an interesting stat that serial, serial almost person in Hazuki. She's almost there so much of the time. And she is in the block where the winners come from, but she can't quite get there. So uh, all eyes on Hazuki, I'd say. So, Matt, 
shall we delve into each of the competitors and look at them in a little bit more detail? I'm excited, sir. Let's do this. So we're going to start with Red Block, um, and we're going to do it in alphabetical order, simply because that's how it's come up on my computer. So, um, <laughs> which means Red Block first competitor we have Ami Sori of God's Eye. Now, I do just want to say before we uh, before we delve into this, um, all of these stats and all of these um, the match calendars and things like that, I am going to put in a thread on Twitter underneath the podcast, so you will be able to see these as you are watching the tournament matches. Um, but Amisori, um, previous tournament appearances, she uh, debuted last year in the 2022 tournament as a tournament best of 10 points in that tournament and an all-star five-star Grand Prix singles record of five wins, five losses and one draw. Um, obviously, that's obviously a record for the 2022 five-star Grand Prix as well. She opens her account against Natsuka Tora on the 23rd of July, then faces Sayaka Matani on the 10th of August, Hazuki on the 20th of August, Starlight Kid on the 27th, Maiwi Watani on the 2nd of September, Tam on the 16th, Suzu Suzuki on the 17th, Natsupui on the 18th, and then on the final night, she faces her God's Eye stablemate, Siori. Um, Matt, I don't think anyone anticipates Amisori going the distance in this tournament, but you look at that calendar, do you see any upsets there? What are you thinking about Amisori? That final night is always weird. Every night's kind of weird. Like when we get to the middle, you're like, okay, so-and-so needs to get a certain amount of points. Like we saw Julia drop two falls right in the beginning of last year. And like, okay, she needs to get some wins. And then we saw Hazuki run pretty much right through her block. I'm like, eventually she needs to eat some falls. And that's where Saida did get a victory over Hazuki. But I love Hazuki probably even a little more. Anywho, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, you're going to obviously get some upsets. They're not going to be much. If she's up against Sherry on the last night, I think they're doing a really good job protecting Sherry. She hasn't done too, too much since uh, coming off that World of Stardom Championship loss against uh, Julia in that fantastic match um, from Dream Queendom last year. And now, obviously, because you, you, you know you, you had somebody that was in the main event as long as Sherry was, it's time to kind of maybe rotate somebody in, cool her off for a little bit. I think this is where Sherry's going to build herself back up when I'm kind of getting to into a long way, is I think Sherry, going into the final night, will have a good chance of winning the Red Stars block. But I think Ami Story might be the one to maybe stop her and get an upset win. You may see one or two here or there. I don't see Ami Story getting more than four points. But if she's going to have a big upset, I think it's going to be with Shuri on that final night. However, there is a good possibility. We talked about this a week or two ago. Um, if we do get a Utami versus Shuri final, obviously those two have the best matches against each other. Plus, it will guarantee us the first ever two-time winner of the tournament. So that's a possibility as well. But if you're going to peg me for one upset for Ami Sori, it's going to be on that final night against Shuri. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. You look at that calendar and it is utterly stacked. I don't really see where Amisori is going to get that victory from because I must admit, speaking of Tora, and we are going to talk about Natsuka Tora later on, I see her making a big play, especially early on for the lead of red block. I don't think she'll win the, uh, win the block and I certainly don't think she'll go on to the final, but I do think she will be there or thereabouts early on. Nothing that will start with a victory over Amasori on that opening night. Um, 
we move on then to Hazuki, who we've already mentioned. Um, Hazuki of Stars, she's already made four tournament appearances, uh, her debut in the tournament back in 2017. She had a tournament best last year of 14 points, which got her fifth in the block uh, back in 2022, like I said, when went off like an absolute bottle rocket last year. I believe she was 7-0 and um, by the midpoint of the tournament, but unfortunately would then lose the next five to miss out on the final and with a record of 7-5. and five. Um, Her all-time five-star Grand Prix singles record, um, 18 wins, 14 losses, and two time limit draws. Um, her match calendar reads thus she opens on the 23rd of july against mayu iwatani which uh matt you said it's going to be tan versus saya that main events i would be amazed if it's not hazuki versus mayu um i think that will be a brutal encounter and uh one i think we are all going to be better off for having seen um tam nakano on the 6th of August, so a big gap for Hazuki between match one and match two. Um, she's then got Suri on the 15th, Amisori on the 20th, Sayakamatani on the 3rd of September, Starlight Kid on the 9th, Natsupoi on the 16th, Suzu Suzuki on the 23rd, and Natsukatora on the 30th, that final night. Closes a tournament against her old Oedetai foe, and of course the person who she lost to in her first retirement match back in 2019. Um, something I've noticed here, obviously, is the gap, but also Tam holds the red belt. Tam holds the World of Stardom Championship, the top star, um, championship in the company. Anyone that pins Tam has a title match pretty much ready. I think Hazuki will beat Tam. That's a good point. And that's another thing they were kind of building to as well. You know, I talked about this, you know, they've been teasing Saya and Tam as well as Tam and Susan Suzuki. That's something they've been kind of uh, progging at a little bit. Again, there's a lot, there's a handful of months in between the end of the five star and the uh, dream queendom. We saw Sherry just go on a litany was like defending her belt every like three weeks. And as we were waiting on Julia, even against you, Tommy, it's like, you have Julian waiting. You're like, I'm going to go against my biggest rival, Utami. And that just really just built Shuri up and built up the belt, uh, considering the fact that Tam's only had one title defense and it was a title defense that she won another belt. I think you're going to see Tam have a string of like three or four really, really solid um, world uh, defenses going into, because I do believe she's going to hold the belt until the end of the year. Um, if those three successful title defenses are Hazuki, uh, 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 she is Tam, Hazuki, Suzu Suzuki, and Saya Kamatani, I think it's a great way to really build Tam up and the belt going towards that big show at the end of the year. But you got a good, you got a good chance, you got a good uh, pick there, Rob. That's good. I would, I would not be heartbroken at all for a Tam versus, you know, especially if their match is fantastic, which at uh, the five star, which no reason why it not to be. Um, but then if Suzuki gets the win and they run it back for the biggest prize in all of stardom on the line, yeah, I definitely would not say no to that, my friend. Um, last year's tournament. And I think you'll agree with me, 2022, was that the best five-star? Rob, was that your favorite five-star? Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. And 2021 was great as well. So, you know, 2020, even though with the COVID restrictions and 19 as well, they were really good. Um, as stacked as that tournament was, there were a lot of matches that kind of go under the radar that I actually had really high ratings on that 
we just don't talk about because it was so stacked. And two of the ones, and I got we have a lot of new listeners to stardom. And when they say, Hey, I want to go back and watch last year's tournament, what are some of the underrated matches that people don't talk about? The first two that I go to is Hazuki versus Natsupoi and Hazuki versus Starlight Kid. There's a spot in that Starlight Kid match where Starlight Kid is using her quickness and she goes for the Asai moonsault, like she, you know, the Jericho lion salt. When she goes to the rope to go to jump back, Hazuki pump kicks her in the knee. And then the psychology of the match changes to Suzuki working over um, a Starlight Kid's knee. And then that match with Natsupoi, um, this was the time that you were kind of taking your break from the podcast. And they actually did almost like two matches. They did Hazuki versus Natsupoi in the tournament. And then at Stardom X Stardom, they had FWC versus uh, Meltier. So it was like within like 10, 11 days, Suzuki wrestled Natsupoi twice. And me and you were kind of texting back and forth. And this is when I knew that you were, uh, he's gonna coming back to the show. Because we were texting back and forth. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting caught up on stardom. I'll never forget the quote. Because I was literally walking up to my room to do the podcast. <laughs> you said, did Natsupoi hit Hazuki's dog with their car? Because Hazuki just beat the crap out of Natsupoi. And I go, which match? The five-star match or the tag match? And you're like, I saw the five-star match. And I was like, I think the tag match, it's even brutal. It's even worse. Like, Are you serious? I go, brother, I'm about ready to record. Can I quote you on this? You're like, yeah, absolutely. And then I think it was the next day. You're like, hey, man, I want to come back to the show. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I credit your coming back to the, sc- the show because of the beating that Hazuki gave Natsupoi. That's what I did. <laughs> but uh, I consider the fact that Hazuki's more violent and Natsupoi's more violent. I'm really looking forward to that. Obviously, I mean, all the matches, Hazuki versus Sherry, Hazuki versus Suzu Suzuki, Hazuki. Suzuki versus Sai Kamatani, in my opinion, the greatest wonder of stardom championship match ever. And that match is really, really good uh, from last year's five-star, but it just, it went a little bit. I th- think the match only went like 10, 11 minutes. I wish it got more time. Um, that final night, though, with Hazuki and Tora, I agree. And obviously, we'll talk about Tora in a minute here, brother. I think Tora is going to have a really good shot of making it to the finals on the final night because the way that she's being built up as this absolute dominant killer and has no problem cheating, you know, bending and breaking the rules to get the win. I think Tora will be in contention to win, but I think it's Hazuki on that final night that knocks her out of the block. It's going to be interesting. I'm uh, I'm excited for Hazuki's tournament. There's a lot to get excited about with this tournament, um, but Hazuki's, uh, Hazuki's progression up the card is certainly one of them. We look then next to Mayu Iwatani, Stars, the icon of stardom. This is her 10th tournament appearance. She made a debut in the tournament way back in 2014. She has tournament best of being the winner in uh, in 2018, as I mentioned earlier. Her all-time five-star singles record stands at 39 wins, 22 losses, <coughs> and six draws. And then her 2022... <coughs> oh, my God. Just getting excited, excited, folks. He's excited. (laughs) Um, Five-star Grand Prix record of seven wins, four losses, and one draw. Her calendar uh, stacks up like this. Hazuki on the 23rd of July on the opening night. Suzu Suzuki on the 8th of August. Natsupoi on the 10th. Tam Nakano on the 15th. Let's not forget about the residual heat between those two after the split from Cosmic Angels. Um, Natakatora on the 20th, Amisori on the 2nd of September, Suri on the 3rd of September, Sayakamatani on the 23rd, and then on the final night, as it has been for the past two tournaments, it's Mayu Iwatani versus Starlight Kid on the 30th 
of September. Is this the year that Mai Wibatani falls to the Black Tiger mat? Man, I don't know, but again, look at these matches. Her and Tam, not only that, but Tam, the world champion, Mayu, the IWGP champion. Maybe if Mayu eats a few falls, it sends, uh, maybe we have a couple IWGP championship matches lined up for her, and she can kind of rattle a few off, maybe back to back to back, considering that she has not defended the title yet and won it back in April. Um, that Starlight Kid match, I don't know. Obviously, we will get more into it as we get closer to the dates. But, uh, yeah, she's got Hazuki. Obviously, her Natsupoi is going to be great. Her and Tam is going to be great. The ever uh, the ever feud of Mayu stars versus some fact, some uh, incarnation of Oedotai with uh, Tora. Obviously, the you know the big feud was um, Oedotai's uh, Kigetsu with uh, uh, versus versus uh, Mayu. So that's going to be interesting there as well. The Amisori match is something that's going to be really interesting because I think Amisori again, someone who's going to eat a lot of falls, but at the same time is going to gain a lot of experience for being in the ring with uh, you know with the the Sayakamitani's, the Sherry, the Mayus. Um, Mayu and Sayakamitani. That's uh, that's a match that I know everybody wants to see, especially in a longer form. And of course, kind of the one that I'm looking forward to the most is her versus Shuri. They had that banger of a match for, well, you know, they're kind of one and one when it comes to the world uh, stardom champ. They've had two matches. You know, Mayu was the champion, sexual title defense against Shuri back in 2020. And then in 2022, the uh, the final night of World Climax of March of last year, Sherry got the better of Mayu in an absolutely banger of an underrated classic match. So they get to run it back again here a year and change later. That's uh, Mayu. You know, everyone, every match is going to be good. Every match is going to be entertaining. And there's another one that a lot of people don't have pegged to maybe be in contention or make it to the final. But I would not be shocked at all if Mayu makes it to the final. Um, I think that's something because everybody loves Mayu. Uh, how can you not? She's so lovable and just gives everything to every match. I would not be shocked if, because the, the Red Stars block, it's kind of up in the air. The Blue Stars, I kind of have it pegged between two or three people. But I would not be shocked to see if Mayu gets a run and makes it to her second final, Rob. No, you're absolutely right. Blue block, it it seems to be a straight shootout between Mikey, Utami, and Julia. I'd be surprised if it's anyone outside of those three. However, you look Ooh. at... You have a look. I have somebody different. I have somebody different, which we'll get into it, buddy. Whoa, I'm excited. Intriguing. So, I mean, Red Block, it could legitimately be Hazuki. It could be Mayu. It could be Tam. It could be Sayakamatani. It could be Suri. It could be Suzu Suzuki, who I know quite a few people have got as a dark horse for this tournament. Um, I think the thing is with Mayu is a victory over Mayu does a world of good. So it wouldn't surprise me if we said we can't see Amisori getting more than maybe four points. But it wouldn't surprise me if one of those victories is over Mayu. Um, because she does she does let a lot of the talent go over. Um, so it, do, it does make me wonder if maybe a victory here and then a victory over Suri on the final night is uh, is the one that's going to give Amisori the uh, the four points that we think she's going to get. Watch, she'll end up top in the block, but uh, we shall see. Let's carry on through this block then and move on to Natsukatora, the leader of Oedetai. Uh She's made three tournament appearances, uh, made her debut back in 2018. Um, but this is her first tournament since 2020. Um, where she had a previous tournament best of six points, getting a sixth in the block in 2020. Um, she has an all-time five-star singles record of 7-15, and 15, which is uh, 
not great. Um, obviously, she missed the 2022 and the 2021 tournaments through that uh, horrible knee injury she sustained against Utami Aishistra in the summer of 2021. Um, but her calendar looks like this. She opens up against Amisori on the 23rd of July. She's then got Sayaka Matani on the 30th, Suri on the 6th of August, Suzu Suzuki on the 10th. Keep your eyes on that match. Natsukatora versus Suzu Suzuki. That's a match that will bang. Starlight Kid on the 13th of August, which is live on pay-per-view. Uh, Mayu Uitani on the 20th. Tam Nakano on the 26th. Natsupoi the day after on the 27th. And then Tora has a huge gap between her second to last match on the 27th of August to her final match on the 30th of September, uh, where she closes her tournament out against Hazuki. Um, again, I think... I completely anticipate Tora bettering her previous tournament best of six points in this tournament. I wholeheartedly believe that come come close to the midway of the tournament, Tora is in the mix. Um, and then I think that she'll probably sort of die off towards the end. I can see Natsupoi, for example, hitting the fairy blink and getting a roll-up victory. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if Tora gets a victory over Tam. I know that... Um, Tora is someone that they can sort of insert into that main event pitch, especially on like a, for lack of a better phrase, a B-level pay-per-view. You could always have Tora be a stand-in, and uh, we know that she can perform when she's tapped on the shoulder, as pretty much everyone on the stardom roster can. So uh, keep an eye on Tora. She's a dark horse. Again, do not think she's going to win the tournament by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think she's going to win Red Block. But keep an eye on her as a potential tournament spoiler for others, Matt. Yeah, um, for the longest time, whenever like I'm explaining something to uh, to my to Amber about like she'll be like, "Oh, what groups Lady C in? Oh, Utami's group, or what's that? What Ozuki's and Mayu's group? When it comes to a wet or tie, she thinks the leaders are a tie between Momo and Starlight Kid. Yeah, and right, and I completely understand that because Tora has been injured for a long time. At that point, Starlight Kid really adopted, went into the you know, went into her own with that dark Starlight Kid character. Got better in the ring, and she was already great. And then you know, just really involved into the near main eventer that she is. Obviously, Momo Watanabe coming over from uh, Queen's Quest and the defection. So considering the fact that, that like we refer to as a widow typing two leaders and none of them are the actual leader like Tora. And then like Tora from the last three or four months, just really up again, up in the intensity, upping the violence, especially the whole cage match thing. Not only did that do wonders for Queens quest and Utami and Saya, that did great in a losing effort for Tora. Cause you just saw just how violent and how like, she just doesn't care like in a pro wrestling way. It's like Saki Kashima. She was our champion, the high speed champion. We're glad she got it. Guess what? She cost us this loss as soon as the match was over and it settled in. She was like, get her. I don't care. She was in our group three minutes ago. She's not now. Let's gang beat her down and just getting in Utami's face. And on these those shows that we reviewed, uh, Queen's Quest lost all those matches. And she's cutting a promo on Sayan Azuma saying, without Utami, you guys are nothing. You guys are nothing without Utami. So she's cutting these brutal promos. I mentioned last week, she's getting in a phenomenal shape. Maybe the best shape of her career. She's looking more violent. I think Tora is going to have an absolutely fantastic run. And like I said, I think that she's going to be in play to make it to the finals until that final night where uh, usually it's Hazuki 
is the one that kind of gets spoiled on the final night, but I think they kind of 180 it and have Hazuki knock Tora out of the block. But I expect Tora to probably win her first four or five matches or win like five out of her first six, something like that. But I expect Tora to have an absolute banger of a tournament. And at the end of this tournament, uh, I expect her to really be pushed up a little bit higher to the card and probably somewhere in early 2024 getting a shot at the World of Stardom Championship because she never really had that proper one with Utami because of the injury. And she did tell Utami, hold on to that belt until I get better. So if this is the direction that they're going with, which we'll talk about our overall picks at the very end here, brother, um, I think Utami versus uh, Tora is a ready-made World of Stardom championship for the first quarter of next year. Okay, we move on then to Natsupoi of Cosmic angels and um, this will be a thought third sorry thought third uh tournament thor. appearance um say again that she's wrestling thor what <laughs> <laughs> um no no she is not though i would pay money to see that um <laughs> because you know having seen that jihiro hashimoto versus natsupoi match from uh, sendai girls you know that natsupoi would throw thor over her head with a mean ass german <laughs> suplex um <laughs> Maybe that should be a what if. What if Natsupoi? Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so this is her third tournament. She debuted back in 2021. She had tournament best last year in 2022 with 12 points, finishing at eighth in the block. Um, her all-time five-star singles record is 10 wins, 10 losses, one draw, uh, with her 2022 stats reading as six wins and six losses. Her calendar looks like this. Starlight Kid on the opening night on the 23rd of July. Suzu Suzuki on the 30th. And then we have August. Suri on the 8th of August. Mayu on the 10th. Saya Kamatani on the 15th. Natsukatora on the 27th. We then got a nice little gap for Natsupoi. We move into September. The 16th of September against Hazuki. The 18th of September against Amisuri. And then on that final night, Cosmic Angels implode. Meltia implodes. Natsupoi versus Tam Nakano. Now, Matt, I know I mentioned that Tam was one of the only people in the tournament who had never had a time limit draw. Um... Uh, I'm going to put my neck on the line and I'm going to say that Natsupoi takes Tam to the limit and that is what stops Tam making the final. Oh, how about that? But yeah, I mean, it reminds you very much WrestleMania 5. The mega powers explode. Meltier explodes just for 15 to 20 minutes, folks. I'm sure they will hug and dance afterwards and leave everybody, including me, especially me, with a tear in my eye of happiness. Um, Again, I know a lot of this is because we're kind of folding everything over. Um, Natsupoi and Hazuki, that's the match in Natsupoi's block I'm looking forward to the most. She's starting off with uh, one of her big rivals uh, in Starlight Kid. That's going to be excellent. Natsupoi and Suzu Suzuki, you know, and uh, Sherry are going to be good as they join the Natsupoi beatdown t- tour for the third or fourth time. Sayakamitani and Natsupoi, they had a fantastic wonder of stardom championship match uh, back in early 2022. I expect uh, them to tear down the house. But yeah, that Poi Tam match on the final night, we shall see, sir, how that shakes out. Uh, but interesting uh, regardless. So I've just seen the time. So we are going to speed run 
um, yes. because we are already over two hours into this podcast. So uh, we'll uh, we'll try and make it a little bit more snappy as we go through the remainder of these blocks. So Saikamatani next up, previous tournament appearances. This will be her fourth. She debuted back in 2020. Uh, a tournament best of... Um, I don't know why I've left that blank. Ignore that. Um, her all-time five-star singles record is 13 wins, 11 losses, and four draws. Uh, she was another one who had a fantastic 2022 with six wins, four losses, and two draws. Um, her match calendar looks like this, and I must admit, whoever had the idea to put Saya in the same block as all the people she beat for the white belt, absolute masterstroke. So uh, she opens against Tam, on the 23rd of July. She's then got Natsukatora on the 30th. Amisori on the 10th of August. Natsupoi on the 15th. Starlight Kid on the 26th. Hazuki on the 3rd of September. Suri on the 9th. Mayu Watani on the 23rd. And then she closes on the 30th of September against Suzu Suzuki. Yes, you can certainly see that she's playing. She's got Tam. She's got Amisori, she's got Natsupoi, she's got Starlight Kid, and she's got Hazuki. Of those nine matches, five are people she beat during that gargantuan reign with the white belt. So it could be interesting the stories that they weave in this uh, in this little run for Saya, especially as a lot of people have Saya pegged as someone to go through to the final. Absolutely, Rob. I know you want to speed this up. I will just say this. The match I'm looking forward to the most, and I legit, when they announced the blocks, Jumped out of my chair, couch, four in the morning, fist bump, is Saya versus Shuri. Based on this thing, last year, 2022, my two wrestlers of the year, not just in startup and all of wrestling, Saya and Shuri. Saya Kamatani, my opinion, the greatest wonder of stardom champion of all time. Shuri, if you were to ask me, I think her red belt reign in 2022 is second only behind EO's V14. The fact that these two are probably a little bit better than they were, um, and they neither of them have a championship belt and have something to prove. Again, in my opinion, the two best wrestlers in all of wrestling last year, the two best champions in all of wrestling last year in the same block, Shuri versus Sai Kamatani is the match I'm looking forward to the most in this year's five-star Grand Prix. Starlight Kid, then, who is making... Her fourth tournament appearance, debuting back in 2020. Of course, she's now in full Oeda time mode. Um, she has a previous tournament best of 12 points again from 2022, which saw her finish eighth in the block. Um, but that was because pretty much everyone finished on the same amount of points. She has an all-time five-star singles record of 13 wins, 15 losses and one draw. And like I said, last year, she ended with a record of seven wins and five losses. Her match calendar looks like this. Natsupoi on the opening night, the 23rd of July. Suzu Suzuki on the 5th of August. Tora on the 13th, live on pay-per-view. Sayak Amatani on the 26th. Amisori on the 27th. Tam Nakano on the 3rd of September. Hazuki on the 9th of September. Keep your eye on that one. Suri on the 24th of September and then a match we've already highlighted that closing match the 30th of September Mayu Iwatani Matt yeah again I'm gonna kind of keep this short because we still got to go through Blue Stars block and we have to get our winners our prediction winners for all four of us me Rob Kirsty, and Amber so um and I know you need to leave in about 20 minutes so I'm gonna let you do your thing brother I'm excited go for it yeah Starlight Kid 
Okay, so we have Suzu Suzuki <laughs> this time, who is unaffiliated. She's the only person in the tournament who is not currently with a faction. She made her debut last tournament in 2022 with 14 points, finishing fourth in the block, only eliminated on the last night by Julia. Uh, she has an all-time five-star singles record of seven wins, four losses, one draw, and her tournament looks like this. Suri on the opening night. That is going to be a banger on that opening night, and one we haven't spoken about, but Christ alive. Um, Natsupoy on the 30th of July, uh, Starlight Kid on the 5th of August, Mayu on the 8th, Natsukatora on the 10th, Tam on the 9th of September, so a big gap there for Suzu Suzuki, Amisori on the 17th, Hazuki on the 23rd, another match you need to watch if you like your wrestling hard and brutal, and then finally she ends her tournament against Saya Kamatani on the 30th of September, Matt. Yeah, the final night, Suzu and Sayakamitani, which I b- believe one of the blocks uh, won one of the blocks um, match of the uh, the tournament, and obviously Suzu versus Tor is going to be good. And I'm really pegging that Suzu Tam match. Really excited to see where that goes. Suri then next previous tournament appearances, three debut back in 2020, winning the tournament in 2021. Uh, She has an all-time five-star singles record of 17 wins, nine losses, and three draws. And in 2022, despite having a relatively quiet tournament for Suri, she still ended the tournament with seven wins and five losses. Um, She starts with Suzu Suzuki on the opening night, the 23rd of July. She then moves on to Tora on the 6th of August, Natsupoi on the 8th, Hazuki on the 15th, another match I'm really looking forward to, Mayu Iwatani on the 3rd of September, Saika Matani on the 9th, Tam on the 20th, could we see Suri go again for the red belt, Starlight Kid on the 24th, and Amisori on the final night and match i'm quite surprised matt that you pegged as an amasori victory well for now sir well for now you asked me to you asked me to do an upset you put me on the spot so there you go (laughs) (laughs) next we move on to uh the person who has matt's heart in her hands it's tam nakano the current world of stardom champion of cosmic angel six tournament appearances so far made her debut back in 2017 um, she was the finalist in 2022, obviously in a losing effort against Julia. Has an all-time five-star singles record of 25 wins and 25 losses. Um, and has a Grand Prix record in 2022 of eight wins and four losses, topping red block last year. Um, and her tournament looks like this, opening with Saya Kamatani on the opening night. Hazuki again the 6th of August, Mayu on the 15th, keep that one highlighted, Natsuka Tora on the 26th, Starlight Kid on the 3rd of September, Suzu Suzuki on the 9th, Amisori on the 16th, Suri on the 20th, and Natsupoi on the 30th. What do you think, Matt? Is the champion going to win the five-star Grand Prix? Hot take, don't put any money on it. Tam Nakano wins the five-star challenges and beats roman reigns boom next <laughs> uh I, I don't think that's going to happen but uh 
Yes. I said, don't put any money on it. But if it does happen, only one person in the universe predicted it. Me. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to Blue Block then. Um, we have to start off with Azumi, um, who has already made four tournament appearances debut back in 2019. Uh, all-star five-star, sorry, all-time five-star singles record of 18 wins and 19 losses. Uh, last year, she ended with a record of seven wins and six losses which gave her a tournament best of 14 points um, and her match calendar looks like this she opens on the first night 23rd of july against mariah may uh, she's then got mariah on the 5th of august sayoria new on the 6th hannon on the 12th utami hayashishta on the 15th mina shirakawa on the 2nd micah on the 16th julia on the 20th and momo watanabe on the 30th i have got two things to say about this i personally think that she beats julia on the 20th setting up a match for the strong title that's where we've been going on the road to shows and it would not surprise me if momo is in a chat in with a chance of winning the block and it is azumi that stops her on the final night after that betrayal in osaka back in 2020 matt that's a guy. I agree on the Julia thing. The Momo one, not sure. I will say this before we move on to the next one. I think there's going to be three wrestlers that come out of this tournament that are going to be constant main eventers, and it's going to be the uh, the three former, basically queens of the high speed division: Azumi, Natsupoi, and Starlight Kid. Interesting. Um, we then have the New Japan Strong Women's Champion, uh, Julia, who, of course, is one of our previous winners, won the tournament back in 2022, has made three appearances, uh, debut back in 2020, um, has an all-time uh, five-star Grand Prix singles record of 15 wins, 12 losses, though four of them were through forfeit in 2021, and two draws. Last year in her victorious campaign, eight wins, three losses and two draws and her record and calendar looks like this Sayoria new on the opening night 23rd of July she then moves on to Hannon on the 29th uh, Mariah May on the 8th of August Mina Shirakawa on the 12th Mirai on the 26th Momo Watanabe on the 2nd of July Micah on the 9th Azumi on the 20th and then she closes in what i anticipate being effectively the block final against utami hayashishta on the 30th of september matter yeah that's a dream match we never saw utami versus julia in a singles match before i thought maybe that's where they were gonna go with a long julia reign it might get flip-flop next year um but yeah, uh, Julia, I think that's somebody because she's the IWGP strong champion and she did not win the uh, or excuse me. And that um, that she won the tournament last year. Some people would think that she'll be in contention towards the final, but they don't think that she'll win the tournament. I think if you run back Julia and Tam at the end of the year, it's drawn money for them twice. Big time would not surprise me to see Julia go back to back to win the tournament. But really excited for her tournament, especially with that match with you, Tommy, on the final night. I feel like if anyone is going to go back to back, it would be Julia. Um, but I don't think that's what they are going to do. But like I say, would not surprise me. Um, we then move on to the young lioness herself. It's Hannon, H-A-N-A-N, Hannon, uh, uh, um, from Stars. Um, she made her tournament debut last year, got four points, finished 12th in the block. However, had a big, 
big coming out party against the likes of Mayu Iwatani and other people in that block. Uh, finished with a record of 2-10, and 10, which is also her all-time five-star singles record. Her tournament looks like this. Micah on the opening night, the 23rd of July. Julia on the 29th. That is a fairly interesting first two matches for Anna. And Mariah on the 30th, so it doesn't get any more easy. Uh, Mina Shirakawa on the 6th of August. Azumi on the 12th. Sayori Anu on the 27th. Momo Watanabe on the 17th. Yutami Hayashisa on the 24th. And then she closes her tournament against Mariah May. Matt, similarly to uh, Amasori, I don't really see Hanan getting many points here. Um, but perhaps a closing night victory over Mariah May would uh, cap this tournament off for her. Yeah, she's going to have a really good... She's going to eat a lot of falls, looking at the lights quite a bit. Again, hot take. Not as hot as take as Tam beating Roman Reigns for the championship. Hanan gets an upset victory over Mariah, and we see somewhere down the line Hanan challenging for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I think that would be fantastic. It's a brave call. It's a very brave call. But one of our predictions for 2023 was that Hannon would be getting a singles championship match. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Hannon has improved tenfold. And her against Mirai, selling has always been a positive for Hannon. So her selling the power of Mirai. Plus, it would be interesting to see Mirai, who has very much been taking on the uh, the role of sort of beaten down champion on the back foot as opposed to being you know the forceful person that we're used to seeing her i think it'll be good to see that dynamic again against hannon um uh, i think a victory against uh Mirai will be perfect um we move on then to another tournament favorite and that is micah um, Donna Del Mondo, Micah, she's made three tournament appearances, debut back in 2020, had a tournament best, finishing third in the block last year with 15 points, uh, with a record of seven wins, four losses and one draw, meaning that her all-time five-star singles record sits at 14 wins, 11 losses and three draws and match calendar looks like this she opens her account against Hannon on the 23rd of July she's then got Sayori Anu on the 5th of August so big gap there for Mike as well Momo Watanabe on the 8th another huge gap uh, facing Utami on the 26th of August Julia on the 9th of September Azumi on the 16th Mariah May on the 20th Mina Shirakawa on the 23rd and finally she closes her um tournament against Mirai, the wonder of stardom champion on the 30th of september will we see if not winning the tournament will we see micah defeating Mirai on the final night and coming away with a wonder of stardom championship shot matt yes she will um and i think she'll be julia as well uh whether she goes through the final or not I don't know, but I think she's going to get two big wins here. And what better, two bigger wins than beat the Wonder Champion and the uh, the former world champion last year's winner and the leader of her faction in Julia. So my hot take with uh, Micah, she beats Mirai and she beats Julia. Yeah, that match against Julia, 9th of September at Corican. That is one that everyone should have circled on their calendar. Um, alongside her match with Utami on the 26th of August, her and Utami always have really good matches. Uh, and that one against Mirai on the closing night, 30th of September. Circle that on your calendar as well. If you like lariats, 
we're going to like that match. We move on then to a tournament debutante in Club Venus's Mariah May. Um, the only guys you could... Guy Kokuzin, I can't say it, uh, in this tournament. Uh, and she opens her account against Azumi on the 23rd of July. Sayori Anu on the 29th of July. She's then got Julia on the 8th of August. Mina Shirakawa on the 15th. Momo on the 27th. Utami on the 2nd of September. Mirai on the 17th. Micah on the 20th. And then she closes her account against Hanan on the final night, the 30th of September. Similarly to Hannon, I don't see Mariah May getting a whole host of victories during this tournament, but I can see her getting a few spotlight victories. I can see her beating Hannon on the final night. I can even see her getting a victory over Suori Anu. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if she gets a victory on the opening night against Azumi. I will. I agree with you. I don't think she's going to get a lot of wins, but Mariah May is going to come out of this tournament way better coming uh, coming in, going out better than coming in. Considering the fact that we haven't seen her in many singles matches, but she is walking into this tournament, Rob, as a champion, one half of the Goddess of Stardom champion. My hot take with Mariah May is she will get a victory over Momo Watanabe. Interesting, interesting. And obviously with Mariah May being half of the tag team champions, with Mina Shirakawa as Rose Gold, any pinfalls that she takes, it's going to set up a Goddess of Stardom championship shot. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. And we move on to Mina Shirakawa, who I anticipate, Matt, was the other person you were thinking about that could be in with a shot of winning the block. Absolutely. I think Mina's got a really good shot at winning the block and possibly even winning this whole tournament to set back up her getting her revenge on Tam. I mean, I know they're very big on Tam and Mina based on the ticket draws and the merchandising. So if you're going to run that back at the final night uh, and maybe strap up Mina with the red belt, this is the kind of a good time to do it. They can wait, maybe do it six or seven months regardless. Uh, but I think Mina has a really good shot of winning the block and the tournament. See, if you'd have said this to me two years ago, I'd have laughed in your face. And now it makes perfect sense to have Mina win the tournament. If Mina comes away from this, having won the block and been a runner-up, or having won the tournament, not one person who watches this company would begrudge you that. Um, especially when you look at the progress she's made. I mean, at the moment, she's got a losing all-time five-star singles record. She's got eight wins and 13 losses. But that doesn't tell you the story of how much she's impressed and improved. Um, I fully anticipate that she will beat her record of 10 points that she got last year. She starts off against Utami on the 23rd of July. Mirai on the 29th. I'd be interested to see if Mina gets a victory over the Wonder of Stardom champion after losing her belt. Um, Hannon on the 6th of August. Julia on the 12th. That is a match I'd keep an eye on. Julia versus uh, Mina Shirakawa. Um, she's then got her tag partner, Mariah May, on the 15th. Azumi on the 2nd of September. Momo Watanabe on the 18th. Micah on the 23rd. And then Sayori Anu on the 30th of September. Um, I'm not going to ask you to put your money where your mouth is, Matt, because we're going to do our picks in a moment. Um, but which matches are you very much looking forward to there? I think all of them, just, just Mina, the way she's improved, you know, week in, week out in the past, you know, year or two, you mentioned it before. I think every single one of these Mina matches could steal the show. 
Um, but at the, probably the two that I'm looking at is that opening night with uh, Mina versus Utami. Uh, my hot take is Mina beats Utami in night one, and then Mina versus Momo Watanabe because I just want to watch them trade kicks for like three minutes. Yeah, I'm comp- I completely <laughs> down for that. Whenever someone wins the wins a tournament, they start off on the back foot. It just seems to be tournament wrestling. So it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if we think that Utami is going to win the tournament. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest for Mina to hand her a vict- hand her a loss. Sorry, um, at the start of the tournament, especially if they're going to do the uh, defending of the briefcase, um, which I hope they don't because it's a bit pointless. Um, We then move on to the wonder of stardom champion Mirai from God's Eye. Um, Previous tournament appearances, she debuted last tournament, finishing second in the block with 15 points and a record of seven wins, four losses, and one draw. Another one who's made so much progress in the ring. Uh, She opens her account against Momo Watanabe on the 23rd of July. She's then got Mina Shirakawa on the 29th. Hanan on the 30th, Azumi on the 5th of August, Julia on the 26th, Siori Anu on the 9th of September, Mariah May on the 17th, Utami Hayashishta on the 20th, and Micah on the last night, the 30th of September. Now, Matt, obviously, she's the wonder of stardom champion. Everyone is going to be gunning for Mariah. She had a stellar tournament last year. Again, another one who came out of the traps like a woman possessed, like Hazuki did. I can see a couple of people in this block that will beat Mirai and will set up some really, really, really tasty Wonder of Stardom championship matches. Um, Chief amongst them, Micah, which we've already talked about. I think Mina gets her win back. Um, If she's not going to win the block, I think she beats Mirai. And uh, finally, my little hot take, I think Sayori Anu beats her. Uh, First of all, um, really good takes, my friend. Uh, Don't... that opening night this sunday night is absolutely loaded people are sleeping on mirai versus momo watanabe just because of how loaded the show is don't sleep on that match it may steal the whole show i see your point uh i believe micah i totally agree we're in agreement that micah will beat mirai and get a wonder uh match sometime in the fall i'm gonna say the other person that i'm pretty confident gets the win and gets a a wonder shot is azumi Interesting. Would not again another person like Hannon that we have said will get that white belt shot, if not this year, early next year. And I think this would be the perfect setup for it because I think Azumi would have really, really, really good chemistry with Mirai. And it's not a singles match I think we've seen very often, if at all. I'd have to check that out. But you've spoken about Momo Watanabe, Matt. Momo of Awedatai. Um, she's made six tournament appearances, made a debut back in 2016, and has been part of every tournament since, apart from 2017. Um, she opens her account on the 23rd of July against Mirai. She's then got Micah on the 8th of September. Sayori Anu on the 15th, um, sorry, September, August. Mirai May on the 27th. We then move into September. Julia on the 2nd. Utami on the 3rd. Hanan on the 17th. Mina Shirakawa on the 18th. And then, as we've already mentioned, she closes her account on the 30th of September against her old best friend, Azumi. Uh, Matt, who do you think beats Momo? Do you think Momo has a strong showing similar to 2021? Um, uh, you can never write off Momo, can you? Huge fan of Momo Antanabe. Obviously, the runner-up of the tournament two years ago. I think she's going to have a stellar 
Perfect Tournament, just based on the uh, everyone that's in a block with her. But the match I'm looking forward to the most, Rob, we never got the singles match of Momo and Utami. Once Momo left Queen's Quest and Utami took up the leadership, we never got that match. The last singles match they had was for the uh, Utami's World of Stardom Championship match and an absolute barn burner of a match. That's the match I'm looking forward to the most is Momo versus Utami. Speaking of Utami Hayashista, the former Red Belt champion and uh, the person who's been on a tour of sorts of America, um, she made her debut in 2018, won the tournament in 2020. Um, she's got an all-time record of 23 wins, 15 losses and six time limit draws and finished the tournament last year with a record of seven and five. Um, her tournament looks like this. Uh, she opens against Mina Shirakawa on the 23rd of July. She's then got Sayori Inu on the 12th of August, Azumi on the 15th, Micah on the 26th, Mariah May on the 2nd of September, Momo Watanabe in that singles match we've just been talking about on the 3rd, Mariah on the 20th, Hanan on the 24th, and then Julia on the closing night, which I think everybody in their dog has pegged as a block final match. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, Utami between the uh, the cage match and then her taking this excursion to come over to the States, have four banger of matches, and then coming right, you know, at, as hot as Utami's ever been, considering the fact that she is former goddess champion, former uh, winner of this tournament back uh, three years ago, and also former World of Stardom champion. This may be the hottest that Utami's ever been and a lot of favorites to win. Uh, I, every single one of her matches I'm really looking forward to, especially that one versus Micah. They've had a lot of really good matches before. These two are at the top of the game, and I think they'll top their previous handful of matches that they've had. But again, Utami versus Momo and Utami versus Julie are the two Utami matches I'm looking forward to the most. And then finally, with five minutes left of podcasting time, we make it to Sayori Anu. Uh, tournament debutante, um, and her tournament looks like this. Julia on the opening night, the 23rd of July. Mariah May on the 29th. Micah on the 5th of August. Azumi on the 6th. Utami Hayashista on the 12th. Momo Watanabe on the 15th. Hanan on the 27th. Um, and Mariah on the 9th of September before she moves on to her final match of the tournament against Mina Shirakawa on the 30th. I think she's already proved how good she is in ring, and I think she will continue to prove that in some of these singles matches. I do think Mina Shirakawa beats her on the final night. Um, I do think that Sayori Anu will defeat Mirai um, for a shot at the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I don't think she wins it, but uh, I think she will get a shot. And obviously... Um, I think she's going to have a great showing against the likes of Julia, against the likes of Utami. Yes, uh, for the sake of time, I'm looking for a match with Julia and Azumi as the two most. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> and we've come to the end of uh, our primer. I hope that you've enjoyed it, even if we did have to uh, sort of rush to fit it all in at the end. We've gone two and a half hours, though. So uh, we got to do the predictions. we got to do our predictions. Worry. I'll warm you oh, up sorry. to it. I'm Don't sorry. you worry. Sorry, brother. Sorry. Shut up, Matt. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, now, I must admit, I haven't actually asked Kirsty for hers yet. So I will uh, tell you all um, next week who Kirsty has pegged to win. Um, but let's do our predictions. Of course, you can give your predictions on patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. Get your 
picks in before the 23rd of July because it will close um, just before the first night, the 23rd of July. So make sure you get your tournament picks in for a chance to win anything from our merch store um, that isn't a hoodie because they're too expensive. Um, <laughs> but, Matt, let's go with Amber first. Who has Amber got winning the tournament? She's got Hazuki and Azumi in the finals with Hazuki taking it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Matt, can I have a guess at who you've got? I got Saya and Utami with Utami taking it. Yeah, I knew it would be. I knew it would be. Um, and I have got Utami winning the tournament, um, defeating... Oh, I haven't thought about who's going to win Red Block. Hazuki. Uh-oh. Hazuki oh. in the final. Good one. Good one, brother. Yes. So, uh, real quick, what we're doing is uh, as if... This tournament's not fun enough. Obviously, we're going to be doing picks of uh, me, Amber, Rob, and Kirsty of who's going to win, who's going to win the block. And then a day or two before the show, I will text Rob, obviously, off air to see who's got the picks. And then uh, we will add everything up at the end of the tournament to see who has the most amount of points. We will also be doing teams. It'll be Team Stardom Cast, which will be me and Rob, versus Team I dubbed them Love is Blind because I have no idea why they're with us, but God bless them. Uh, Kirsty and Amber, then we'll do Team America, which will be me and Amber versus Team England, which will be Rob and Kirsty. And uh, just to add a little more fun onto this already fun tournament, Rob absolutely and guys thank you so much for listening we truly truly do appreciate it uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts we are literally everywhere if you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts it really does help the podcast out i can't tell you how much it does you can find us on social media at the stardom cast um you can check out our patreon for as little as a dollar to sign up and be a part of this competition. Um, and you can find that at, at the Stardom Cast um, over on Patreon.com. If you want to talk to me, you can find me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Matt, plug your things. Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter. Shoot me an email if that's what you'd like to do. The Stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, thank you so much can't do this podcast without you like i always say it's just not my podcast it's our podcast because we're all in this together everybody's different everybody's special
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.